Hey, what's up, listener? Thank you for pressing play. This week on the Jock and Nerd podcast, Disney begins trying to figure out what they're going to do with all the recently acquired Fox properties. Is Namor the Submariner finally coming to the MCU? The Joker movie already building Oscar buzz. And we've got a full spoiler review of season one of The Boys on Amazon. All that and much more in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Thursday, August 15th, 2019. Hi, this is Gilbert Gottfried, and you're listening to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Why? I don't know. Check. Check one. All right. This is really fans out there. Let's give it up. Jock and Nerd. That's right, what's up, listener? How's it going? Welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast, where we give you comic book and superhero TV and movie news reviews. And whatever we choose. Jockin' Nerd! My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the jock. He's the nerd. And that over there is a puppet vigilante who has sworn to take down all the superheroes on the Muppet Show. He's known on the street as the Felty. But we call him Rug Boy. What's up, Rugs? I'm fighting crime and doing time. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, right. Nerd. that's right. Uh, how's that? Uh, you know, you got to take down Super Grover Rugs. He's getting a little bit out of control. Yeah. And uh, kick his ass yeah. Yeah. a little bit. <laughs> Far and near. Far? He's, what about the middle ground, Super Grover? You're forgetting middle. Yeah, he's completely uh, uh, polar. Absolute puppet power absolutely corrupts puppets. That's just remember that. This is true. <laughs> Ah, uh, look, we got uh, a lot, some, a couple of things in news to get to, and we're going to talk about an amazing superhero show. Spider-Man? Oh. Oh, well, no. There was Spider-Man. No. I took it out of the notes. Whatever. Oh, great. It's a surprise. It's a surprise. I don't know what's going to happen. Join us as we get to the geek news. The Jock, Jock and Nerd Podcast. I want to start with this article from Variety I found very interesting about... What happens when one giant entertainment company buys the seventh uh, biggest entertainment company? Uh, you know, Disney paid $73 billion for Fox earlier. Disney, a lot of bones. A lot of bones. Disney, arguably high market share. Apparently, Fox, seven out of seven in terms of market share. So it was like number one buying number seven. This article is titled Fox Feels the Pressure from Disney as film flops mount. Oh, shit. It's nice alliteration in the headline. But basically, uh, a lot of interesting facts about how this uh, process is going and what Disney is dealing with. Wow, now that they have all this Fox shit. Uh, for example, I got a couple of bullet points. This article reveals they've lost $170 million on Dark Phoenix. Oh, shit. Uh, Bob Iger, pretty much on the earning calls, just called out all of Fox studios saying the performance was well below where it had been and well below where we hoped it would be when we made the acquisition. Uh, Basically like, yeah, their shit sucks. Uh, reportedly over 250 Fox projects 
have been scrapped or paused. Oh, shit. That's a lot. From going into production. And uh, I, from what I could tell, it was largely original things. You know, they don't want to risk on these original things. Uh, also in this article, it mentions Disney largely ignored Dark Phoenix after it acquired 20th Century. In March, according to sources, the marketing team familiar with the film was laid off and Disney did not spend as aggressively to promote the release. Wouldn't have helped. Well, and it, it, did, it didn't help. It, it definitely hurt. Well, let me just throw in, I don't know if you were going to say this, yeah. but of all the Fox, Fox films that Disney's had to distribute, only one has been profitable, which was called The Movie Breakthrough. Yes, that was this. Year. And that's like a small, low-budget movie nobody has heard of. I, the other I, ones, the ones we, we've heard of that Fox was making that Disney released, X-Men, Dark Phoenix, yep. Stuber. Stuber, also a flop. Art of the Racing Men, all flops. No, art, the Art of, of the racing, racing in the Rain. That's Sorry. that dog movie where the dog hangs out with the race car driver and the dog is in the race car. And I was like, what the fuck? We're in this weird time where there's all these weird dog movies. Have you noticed that? Jesus. There's so like a dog's life. And like, there's we just. make Cujo. Yeah. Well, how about that? They're, <laughs> They're so, doing it. Are they? Are they probably are. They, they, they should. Yeah. So lots of flops. Breakthrough being the only profitable movie. Here's where it gets more interesting. Apparently, Disney Studio is unimpressed with Josh Boone's New Mutants, the X-Men spinoff with the Haunted House vibe, and they believe it has limited box office potential. Oh. You're going to scrap it? Well, let's play Studio Direct Head. Direct-to-video. Guys, what do you do? <laughs> Direct-to-video. You just bought Fox Put for on Netflix. $73 billion. Dark Phoenix tanked for you. You have this movie that's done. You are not impressed with it. Uh, well, you can't put it on Netflix. You can sell it to Netflix and like, make some dough. Well, I get, but they have their own streaming. You could put it on Hulu. But you're also planning to reboot. Yeah, you don't make money that way, really. Well, just the subscribers. Yeah. I don't know if they could. I don't know if they had, at this point, We're Netflix would do business. That. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I just don't know if Netflix would want to do business with Disney Disney at this point. No, Probably I, not. I don't think they're going to ever be doing business. Uh, I mean, ever. Let's, let's be. Dark, when Dark Phoenix, that first trailer came out, I was like, oh, wow, this kind of looks different. Yeah. But, or not Dark Phoenix, sorry. New Mutants. New Mutants, yeah. We saw there was definitely a whole... definitely different. Yeah. But wasn't, was it Fox that already was like, we got to reshoot a lot of this? Or was that when Disney was already kind of involved? No, I think Fox already did reshoots because they, yeah. they, it was supposed to come out and never came out. They tested yeah. it and they were like, people didn't think it was scary enough. You have Arya Stark in there as an X-Man and that's not helping. Well, Aria doesn't really Ariel pull in Stark. the yeah. <laughs> no, she doesn't really pull she's in. She's not the like people. a Sophie Turner. It's not like a. She's not really a, a draw to me either. I love I love Maisie Williams. I think she's a, she's an incredible actress in Game of Thrones. I would love to see her in a as an X Men in a horror. Movie. I'm signing up for a movie just to see her. I'm so sorry. you know there was that story earlier that they were going to pay to do reshoots, but they're probably after losing all this money, they're probably second thinking that too. I don't know. Do you just just co- it would suck? All these people worked on this movie, just completely kill it. Do just it. put it on the shelf. I don't know if you kill it, but I don't know. I, it's I gotta really go don't know. It's got to video. It's got to yeah, go to. You, it's got to go to uh, on demand or whatever. Yeah, you got to put it somewhere, right? I mean, they're not going to put it on Disney Plus streaming. No. They would put it. It would be Hulu. Would be the Hulu only would be place. The place yeah. To put it, but do you want to? I don't know. Do you want to throw another dud of an X Men movie after the last dud? Like, it doesn't matter at that point. I guess not. I guess not. If they're gonna scrap it anyway, might as well put it on. Put it on Hulu. Uh, this, on Hulu. This next bit is also interesting. The studio is also grappling with how to fit the very R rated Deadpool into its PG thirteen rated Marvel universe. 
They're trying to find a way to character to move seamlessly between Avengers spinoffs and it's his own standalone movies. I always thought it would be hilarious. You do standalone R-rated movies where he gets to swear and do everything. And then he shows up as a cameo in the MCU movie and he tries to swear and it just gets beeped. And like he can't and it makes him frustrated. I, I like that too. Right. It's it's uh, it's uh, uh, it's self-aware. It's part of his character. There's a lot of mosaics going on. And and he could be like, I can't wait till I get my own my, my next movie, so I could say There's a lot fuck. of blurring of baby penis. A lot of yes. Well, you couldn't do all that because look, we've seen the PG thirteen Deadpool ah uh, did not do that well. No, and I told you it was going to suck. Yeah. So their experiment kind of failed, but I think if you if you're self, I mean, he's the only character besides. Um, what's his name? Hugh Jackman's Wolverine, right? And, yeah. and Hugh yeah. Jackman's kind of old now. Yeah, those are the only two characters that anyone's like. Let's. I want to see them interact with some of the Marvel people. Everyone else could be recasted. Yeah, but we. I mean, to see Ryan Reynolds interact with the the MCU is going to be crazy. Whenever they do that, you have to think of a clever way to make it all work. And then will you know what what studio? How do they put out an R rated Disney Deadpool? I don't know. That's the that's what sucks about Disney. Yeah. Then they're like, I mean, what, what happened? They're, they're all, you know, this is your brand. You're going to sully your brand really now? It really has to be super mainstream, mm-hmm. super safe. So speaking of that, Ruggs, that's part of the problem. This article also uh, talks about how they're killing all the original stuff and they're focusing on the avatars, the big commercial safe products that Disney brand delivers. But there's also Fox Searchlight which is the uh, independent wing of Fox movies. And it's always put out amazing independent movies, uh, critically acclaimed. It's well known for that. They are putting out this movie. Have you heard about uh, the Jojo rabbit movie? I saw the trailer, but I don't remember. I just remember being wacky. I have the trailer uh, linked in here. If you want to run it, this is a movie. Disney's support uh, worried about this directed by Taika Waititi uh, and feat starring Taika Waititi. He also wrote the screenplay written and directed by Taika Waititi. It's about a small German boy in like uh, uh, Germany in the 40s. Taika Waititi plays his imaginary friend who is Adolf Hitler. Oh, shit. <laughs> yes, that's what this Jojo Rabbit movie is about. Uh, the synopsis is a young boy in Hitler's army finds out his mother is hiding a Jewish girl in their home. And Taika is playing his imaginary Hitler friend of this boy. Oh, yeah. I'm watching the trailer. That but, is Taika. As yep, Hitler. It's, I was like, oh, shit. It's Korg. That's Korg playing Hitler. Scarlett Johansson's in yep, this, too. It's, it's, it's a pretty good cast. And Sam I, Rockwell. I like the trailer. Uh, Rebel Wilson is in it. Alfie Allen. Stephen Merchant. Uh, the trailer was wacky and really interesting, and I was like, "What the fuck is this movie?" Well, I think he should be able to make that movie. Yes, he should. Why not? It's an artistic thing. Let him fucking do it. And if you put it yeah, out, you got to roll this out. Yeah, if you put it out under Fox Searchlight and just nah, keep the Disney name fucking, off of it, be prudes, right? It, what is it, this? It shit? is going to be out as, as this Fox is America. This is this is America. Like, why are America? we like we we? <laughs> Cross the ocean to get away from like puritanical bullshit, you know. Lame. Now we're here and we're back to it again. People censoring shit. It's true. F- people worry about like it's an art. This guy's an artist. It's an artist, and this is an, a right? piece of art. Making a movie. Yeah. If it's controversial, let the movie fail. Like if people don't like it, they don't have to watch it. That's yeah. True. But I don't know. They're what are they shitting their pants? Like look at James Gunn. He fucking made a movie where Superman just kills everybody. 
Good with point. Brightburn. It's a lot like uh, si- similar to the boys that we're going to be talking about. A <laughs> yeah, he's not even. He's talking in his New Zealand accent. Yes, Hitler. it is a great trailer. He's not even trying. It's yeah, so, he's, a, he's just. It's so much a comedy. Yes, you know yeah, that yeah. it's not serious. But like Hitler and the boy are skipping and dancing and there's balloons. It's fucking great. Now Disney can either you know. Try to bury this movie by giving it a fucked up release date. It's so lame. Or just I don't know if they're going to bury it because yeah. I, I think they. It's obviously they're concerned, but they they do have a really good relationship with White Taika Waititi. Yes, with the Marvel stuff. Yes, so I don't think they necessarily want to shit in his no. fucking serial. Right. right yeah, now. Let this movie fail on its own with dignity. All right. Let this fucking nobody. If people don't want this movie and they don't want to see it, it'll go away. And I don't think it's gonna fail. I think it's gonna be like a quiet well, uh, hit and be an awards contender. That, that's what this. I just said. Yeah, yeah, I just saw that. I'm just yep. reading this now that they're saying that the reason why this was going through the in- Toronto International Film Festival is that's usually a launching pad for Oscar winners. Yeah, so they're looking uh, at this at an awards contender. Somebody Fox Searchlight was thinking this could be win some awards. Yeah, and Searchlight's won a lot of Oscars with their with their indie movies. They do make great indie movies. So People are such fucking babies. Look, I would say Bob Iger, don't fuck with Fox Searchlight. Let them do... Shape of Water was a Fox Searchlight. Yes, and... Uh, it... And he fucked the fish! Yeah! <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> that's a Disney movie now! He said two things already that legitimately got me to laugh. He fucked the fish. This is America. <laughs> this, those are going to have to be clips on the soundboard. <laughs> I will be pulling those. Uh, yeah, so Jojo Rabbit seems like a lot of fun. Meanwhile, on the other end of things, uh, the MCU three movies this year alone for Disney have made over $5 billion. Oh, shit. And counting still. Well, look, I understand what Disney's whole thing is, is the, you know, the MCU $5 billion this year. Just this like, year alone. They're going to make money on the rides, yep. the merchandise, yep. the toys, the yep. t-shirts. Yep. They're going to make money on this for fucking ever. Yeah. And every single way, yep. every single shape you mm. could fucking imagine, Absolutely. coloring books, everything. Put that shit on, on everything. Like make the Hitler movie. <laughs> and, and the Hitler movie, you're not going to go to the store and buy a Taika Waititi Hitler shirt. There's no merchandise from I would Jojo Rabbit? It. I would. Yeah. I want I a Jojo know. Rabbit backpack. But then I'd probably get killed in the street. <laughs> they don't. If they don't get the joke, if they don't know that that's a, that's a fucking funny movie so really, about Hitler. If you, if you think about the 170 million loss of Dark Phoenix, that's like nothing. It's literally like change I don't know. to them. Uh, all the fucking money they are printing. I don't think they would have... You know, I think Disney would have maybe been okay releasing this. I just don't... Like, maybe 10 years ago? Yeah. I just think the times now, they're a little worried. I just think, okay, like, this is the way that I think that things should go in a society that wants art to exist, is that, yes, you have... Do we want art to exist? Uh, yes, Sell we out. do. You need it. You I'm need saying, it. I'm saying, like the society as a like as a whole, the, the people that are on social media. I think people in general d- don't. Right, but they don't know. Stupid. They don't know that okay. they need <laughs> that, that, it. That was my point. Yes, but I think that you need it to progress as a society. Absolutely. To ask questions to to feel things to kind of to learn about things to go through catharsis and and feel pain and and whatever. And I think that uh, what happens is. In a perfect world, uh, the the sellout shit, the shit that like they print money with, yeah, they should use that to fund art that's like absolutely oh, edgier, that's, that's uh, yes. kind of left yeah. the center, yeah, yeah, and voices that need to be heard and all these things and just ideas that need to be put out there, and uh, they should be championing that. They should be like, okay, we're going to take all of this fucking money that we're making with all of this fucking 
easy, safe bullshit, and we're going to try and do, uh, you know, get some scary shit some, out or there, Or something too. provocative, something yeah. thought-provoking. Or find the next great director or actor and, and develop fund them. that exactly. movie. Yeah. Yeah. D- develop independence. Absolutely. So, you should take the commercial money. I always thought that in music, too. Like, if you were a band... It's so easy to write a pop song. You write write one big pop song, make all that cash, and then be like, okay, this is what I really wanted to do, and make the music you really wanted to do being funded by Sometimes popular. Sometimes that doesn't work out, though, for the artists. Yeah, because then they're not, they don't come back. People well, expect a thing. No. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's weird. Music is a whole other thing. Music is a whole other thing. That's a a, different media. I do like that uh, thought. Rugs, listener, tell us what you think. Will this Disney-Fox merger end up in more layoffs and more scrap projects? Join the Facebook group. It's called Jock and Nerd Nation. It's exclusive. It's closed. You can hang out. We're all in there. Rugboy's in there. All of you great listeners are in there. Get to meet them. I want to know your name, listener. I know a lot of your names. But I want to know. Speak your name. We will speak your name. Okay, moving on. I have a couple of rumors here. And normally I don't like to talk, put rumors on the show, talk about them because they're usually bullshit and amounts to nothing. These two are really fun and amazing regarding the MCU. And I hope and I think that they could actually happen. High likelihood. The first one, there was rumors for like the last week, two weeks and a half that the villain and Black Panther 2 was going to be fucking namor the submariner now these were from sources like we got this covered in cosmic book news and they're like this is the same guy who brought us the rumors he he got this and this right so i don't know what the credibility is but now there's a report revealing uh marvel is casting a character who sounds an awful lot like namor codenamed david they're described as a ruler of ancient distant kingdom marvel studios is looking for an actor who is of asian descent Really? And I think this may be somebody so too. they could introduce in the Eternals or Doctor Strange and then lead into Black Panther 2. What about and establish. the Mandarin? Oh, they, they shit. Have, they they have the Mandarin already the Mandarin. Already. Oh, they do. Tony yeah. Leung, Leung? Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. We talked about that last time. <laughs> I forgot. Yo, I'm sorry. But did good. you know that Namor spelled backwards is Roman? Is it Ramon? Oh, no, it's Roman. That's right. That's Roman. right. <laughs> hey, they should get Mike Moe. Namor's always kind of been drawn as like an Asian-looking yeah, guy. Yeah, slightly. And remember in Endgame, uh, Okoye says there was an earthquake underwater right, in Wakanda. Right. Yeah. They could easily oh, shit. Well, In Iron Man 2, if you look at the map behind Tony Stark at the end of the movie, there's a little dot in the middle of the ocean. Oh, shit. And there's like a label on there. Yeah. I'm, I'm down for this. I'm, I like it, I'm, too. Dude, I, like I, it. I think it's a brilliant. And it, Na- Namor is a great anti-hero. Almost, he's more, more so, a lot of times when I've read him, he's written more as a villain than a well, hero. He's anti-hero. Well, he's a big yes. asshole, for yes. sure. He plays both sides. He's kind of like a, you know, a Loki, but not as mischievous. But I like introducing him as a bad guy, and then his motivations shift, and he kind of needs help. But ultimately, he's just a dude looking out for his kingdom. Yeah, he's just like not on anyone's team. He's on his own team. Yep, yep. Doesn't and he has a huge crush on uh, Sue Storm. Oh, he does. That's right. Yeah. I mean, Scalba. He, he doesn't. Wasn't he uh, in the Illuminati? Anthony also. He was in, in the, the comics. He was, he was the asshole. Yeah, he, part, he played the asshole role in the Illuminati. He's yeah. a great I asshole like it. role. We need he was more always, assholes. He was the uh, the pragmatic guy that was like. The fuck are we sitting here talking about? Let's just kill yeah, these yeah, motherfuckers. He's like, Let's what are we do doing this here? already? You know, yeah. fucking jammer. Yeah, we would have solved this problem if we just killed this motherfucker. He's like, yeah. blow up that universe. Let's go. What are you waiting for? Right. Now, the the thing why we haven't seen it anymore is the rights, uh, uh, similar to the Hulk, convoluted the set of universal. rights with yeah. Universal. Exactly. So it may be the same thing. 
Where the, same thing, the yeah. Hulk can be in a movie, just can't have a standalone. Star, movie. Yeah, yeah, star in his own. I would love to see him in Black Panther. They've done a really good job of like the, the a lot of the modern comics. I've done a really good job of building up the rivalry between Black Panther yeah. and Namor. The it's like the clash of kings. Yeah, it's amazing. Sort of feel so. There, there will be a great that would conflict. be interesting. Yes, like their their philosophies are opposite, but they kind of want the same thing. They're both looking out for their their people. The dude lives in the water. He's great. He talks to fish. He's got a huge kingdom. <laughs> I, look, here's my uh, here's my pick. I, mean, I don't know how old he is. The guy who played Bruce Lee in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Mike Mo. Mike Mo, yeah, put him in. I want to see Mo, Mike Mo. Speaking well, of, did Mo, you guys Mike talk Mo. about the? You might have talked about it on the Mike Rip show, but did you talk about how there was a, Shannon Lee was real upset about how he was portrayed? We, yeah, we brief, I didn't like it either. Yeah, we briefly discussed, and there's been back and forth. Like, uh, and then Quinnen came out recently. Yep. It was like doubled down. Like Bruce Lee was an ass or something. Well, like that. You know, paraphrasing. Bruce Lee did talk a lot of shit. Sure. All right, but yeah. he backed it up a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he was a huge personality, and a lot of it was charisma, and a lot of it was arrogance and stuff like that. So I guess he's poking fun at that. Yeah. But I guess, I, you know, even when I watched the movie, I was like, eh, he's really we're making a joke out of Bruce Lee. Well, he, and, but, uh, he, but isn't it like Tarantino's whole thing, like yeah. his version of history? Yeah, yeah. and exactly. I think that's fine. He's an artist. He can do what he right. wants. I think people should just be like, okay, I don't like that version of Bruce Lee. I'm not going to campaign and fucking protest it. <laughs> no, but I think it was funny. Shannon Lee said some shit, and then Tarantino's like, look, uh, Cliff Booth's not a real character, first of all, and there's stories of Bruce Lee being arrogant, and then Shannon Lee commented back. She's like, yeah, just shut the fuck up already about it. The thing Basically is, is Shannon Lee never even like knew her dad. Yeah, she was like, what, she was a little baby when he when Yeah, he like, so she's, like she's going on hearsay, too. Mm. Yeah. Like, you know, she's like, going on her own stories from yeah. the Lee family. That's one of whatever. those things, though, where it's like you can't. I can make fun of my family, but you can't. Make but fun it of my is yeah. not a historical document. But, I this mean, movie. this is. I think that this is fucking complete bullshit. <laughs> because how many Bruce Lee send ups have there been? Yeah. There's, there's been like uh, so many like movies that sure. make fun of Bruce Lee, yeah. even from Asian people. Yeah. So, uh, like. I don't know. A fistful of yen from Kentucky Fried Movie was oh a complete making fun of Kentucky Bruce Lee. Lee. They call movie. me Bruce. Remember yeah. those movies yeah. that yeah. came out? And then there was a bunch of Asian movies, uh, uh, Kung Fu, uh, whatever. Right? Yeah, Bruce Lee's uh, still the I greatest. Mean, I, I haven't seen the movie, but my take on it is it's art. So it's it's not like this is a historical documentary no, about it, Bruce Lee. I so. mean, the, Sharon Tate doesn't even die in this movie. Spoilers. Right. Oh, shit. Uh, spoilers. Well, and the other thing is that the actual interaction, the moment, it's kind of like they cut away. They don't really let it get too far. It was like a tie, right? They sort won, of, won yes. It was kind of a tie, and it got interrupted. Yeah. Like, it wasn't really like a knockout drag-out fight. Yeah, he probably could have adjusted his fight yeah. game and fucking beat him. Right. Bruce Lee would have turned around and got him once he, he figured out Cliff Booth's style. It was It's a hilarious scene. But it was so short. But the fact that he's got to sit there and explain himself yeah, is yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, here's another rumor. Well, hey, besides uh, yeah. that guy to play yeah. Namor, you're going to yeah. talk about this guy later, but I, I saw rumors for Henry Golding to be Namor. Henry Golding? To be Namor. Oh, oh, from Crazy Rich Asians. Yeah, the guy that we're going to talk about with uh, in, in a little bit. We will talk about him in a second. <laughs> I, before, I want to talk about this other rumor, which I also love, and that is... That Wesley Snipes may play Marvel's Dracula in the Mahershala Ali Blade MCU reboot. How old is Wesley Shit. Snipes? Uh, it don't matter. It don't matter. Black don't crack. He looks yeah, the same. True. He doesn't. Well, Dracula's old. Yes. All right, that's he's true. Not Dracula is old. <laughs> All right. That's number one. I love this number idea two, on several for several reasons. Uh, yes. Dracula. 
It's from Transylvania, I guess. Uh, it's well, supposed to be. I guess. But uh, okay, but it's, it's Wesley Snipes, so yeah. I don't care. It's like I want to see Wesley yes. Snipes in a Marvel movie. Yes. I don't care what he has to do. I think it's so. a great way to work him in. And then you can introduce the Marvel monster uh, world with the Dracula and Wolfman and all the monster characters. Man, real niche Marvel. 1970s Tomb of Dracula. Marvel had a comic from the 70s. Very niche. Uh, but I hope this one's true, too, because it would be a nice... You nice know, nod, nice yeah. nod to the OG and uh, so the guy that really started it all. Yeah, before remember, it was before X Men, before, yeah. before even, and it only was that because nobody knew it was a comic book movie. They're just you, like, including oh. this kid right here, <laughs> they're like, had no oh, idea Blade yeah. was a Marvel character. Oh, nope. I do. That's <laughs> why it worked. That's why it worked better than Howard the to Duck. Read, I used to read Moon Knight and Werewolf by Night, yeah. and uh, and. They were, he was in that shit all the time. I think I knew of Blade 2 when the movie came out. I was like, oh shit, that's fucking Blade. He never really had him interact with anyone no. that was mainstream. Right. No? No. But you want to know something? Wesley Snipes like made Blade cool. Yeah. Because in sure. the comic books, he was kind of like, hey, this guy, all right, whatever. But like when he did it, and he was doing some crazy ass kung fu shit, and yeah. kicking everybody's ass, he had like little little toys like Batman and shit. It was awesome. Dude, his sing to like- too. Yeah, his whole fighting style and the way he fights in the first Blade movie is so fucking yeah. cool. It's so good. Totally works. All right. Back to Henry Golding. This is a piece of news article Rugs wanted to really include because Henry Golding rumored to star as Snake Eyes in the G.I. Joe spinoff of Snake Eyes. Geek Boner. Snake Eyes being one of my most prized G.I. Joe characters. Uh, Who toys was the, his rival? Uh, what was his name? Storm Shadow. Storm, Storm Shadow. Shadow. And I, they grew up together, right? Yes. Isn't that the thing? I well, think in so. The, in the movie, they make it so like they grew up together, and then Storm Shadow was jealous of him because he was like the protege, mm-hmm. and uh, that's how they became like you know rivals, right? And right enemies, right. and then they both went to like different factions. One joined Cobra, which is the terrorist group, and one joined GI Joe, which is the hero. Group. Dude, I had both toys. I had the uh, Storm Shadow and Snake Eyes. I would make them fight all the time in these epic battles. Like Snake Eyes, both of them were highly sought after GI Joe toys. Now they're the coolest looking. They G.I. were, Joes. yeah, and because well, they and the villain Snake Eyes look awesome. Well, if you watch the toys that made us, yeah, they they were just had run out of money for Snake Eyes to color him. <laughs> yeah, they're just, so they just left them all black, and that's what made him cool. <laughs> yeah, because he's that a cool. ninja. So what? I, from what I remember, Rugs, you didn't. We never saw Snake Eyes' face ever. We did in the comic books and GI Joe, the comic book. There was he was revealed many times to be a you know white dude with like blonde hair, really, and like a scarred up face. Yeah, I read a few of the Kinda comics. Like, I never read yeah. mo- I, I, mostly the cartoons. Just do a Google right now, Snake Eyes face. Uh, but also, Ray Park played Snake Eyes in the really bad G.I. Joe movies from 2009, 2013. They were fine. No, they were fine? They were, I mean, they weren't great. They were shitty, they were shitty like popcorn movies. Yeah, they, they were exactly. Which one was better, the first one or the second one? I heard the second one was better. Oh, Snake Eyes has got a fucking scarred face and a bugged out eye and shit. Yeah. Oh, I never knew that. You know what? I like it better when you don't show his face. But if Henry Goulding, Crazy Rich Asian star, is playing Snake Eyes, will he want to show his face? Or will it be? I would be, assume so. Uh, well, because uh, Snake Eyes also reminds me of uh, a member of the Seven that we're going to end the boys that we're going to talk about in a little bit. Uh, Bl- it really ripped off his costume. Black Noir reminded me of a Snake Eyes like meets Batman 
and right. doesn't talk. But Snake Eyes also never talked. He never said anything. He was very mysterious. I love the way that Snake Eyes costume looked like in that G.I. Joe, the second movie, Retaliation. Mm-hmm. He looked awesome. In I that. think, the yes, the live action costume looks sick, and I think it totally deserves a solo movie. I think it, it probably. Looks like Robocop without the fucking mouthpiece on. Yeah. It should be better to make make than trying to do a whole G.I. Joe movie, maybe. Just his face in the first G.I. Joe was a little weird, but yeah, the second one, they really that's nailed the, it. That's the tits right there. Yeah. I don't even know if I can say that. Can I can't. say that? Uh, sure, I'll allow it. Is that like, is that like the bee's knees, but bees don't have knees. I love Snake Eyes' costume I, in any form. It's always cool. So we'll see uh, when this actually happens. Let's move on to some DC movie stuff. Uh, the closer we get to this Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie, directed by Todd Phillips in October, the more I get geek, geek boner, the more I get excited because this movie, I think, is pushing the superhero movie genre. I'll explain in a second, but they have just released a new synopsis that gives you a little more information. It reads, director Todd Phillips' Joker centers around the iconic arch nemesis and is an original standalone fictional story not seen before on the big screen phillips exploration of arthur fleck who is indelibly portrayed by joaquin phoenix is a man struggling to find his way in gotham's fractured society a clown for hire by day he aspires to be a stand-up comic at night but finds the joke always seems to be on him caught in a cyclical existence between apathy and cruelty Arthur makes one bad decision that brings about a chain reaction of escalating events in this gritty character study. That sounds that sounds pretty cool. <laughs> it's I mean it's a, like we've talked about. It's an interesting cast. It's an interesting um, concept. They're going their own way with it. I'm uh, not like I can't wait to see this movie. And I know that it's probably not going to be the Joker movie that I would have expected or. I just think that Joaquin Phoenix is going to kill it. I I think so. There's already Oscar buzz. And that's why I said that this movie is different. This this is, are you okay? Did you hit your head on the microphone? Yeah, I did. (laughs) You just passed out for a second. (laughs) Well, I leaned in too fast. Well, he got a head rush in the cotton. You gotta understand these, these eyes that I have, there's no depth perception. No, and there's no eyelids. So you can't blink. So you just scratch your belt. Yeah, it gets really dry. Somebody squirts some water on it. Anyhow, I think this is pushing the superhero genre because now, for the first time, we are have we have uh, a low budget indie art flick, Oscar contending, serious acting movie that just happens to be inspired by superhero. They material. just clamored the shit out of this. All right, yes. they said this is not the Joker that you know. This yes. is a completely different idea. We're just completely reinventing the Joker. They've disclaimed it to death. So you know what you're getting into. So you're not expecting to see the Joker. They even uh, they went different with the makeup and everything. So they call they don't even call him. They call him Arthur, Arthur Fleck. Fleck. They a, give him a name, a name that no one's ever used for the Joker before. But doesn't so. that synopsis kind of sound like a Killing Joke thing? Stand a failed stand up comic. Yeah, Shit's I, that's going the wrong, vibe I got right? from it when I saw the trailer. It was the normal guy that had a bad fucking day or something. Something happened to this person. Here's another thing why I think Joaquin is going to kill it. He has talked about what he based his Joker laugh on. Now, nothing can be as bad as fucking Jared Leto. Worst Joker laugh ever. He said, I started with the laugh. I watched videos of people suffering from pathological laughter, a neurological disorder that makes individuals laugh uncontrollably. I love that he's doing this research. This dude's going to get method. And uh, I think it's uh, like the little bit of laugh you get in the trailer. 
I I really like that. I think it works. It's a maniacal, unnerving, pathological laugh. It'd be interesting if he did that thing that people do sometimes where they laugh after everything they say. Yes, they just laugh at their you know, own you jokes. You know people like that? Like, a, like hey, I went to the movies. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> that was really cool. Eh. <laughs> Those people I, are I think that's just annoying. a nervous tick. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's either nerves or you, that's just an annoying motherfucker. <laughs> or someone that thinks he legitimately is always funny. Yes. Or a puppet. Or it's a puppet. Here's some other interesting <laughs> things it's doing differently that superhero movies don't do. It, the, it opens in October, but we are going to be hearing about it sooner because at the end of this month, it premieres at the Toronto International Film Festival. Next month, it makes its world premiere at the fucking Venice Film Festival. Traditionally, these are like your Oscar contending you know, indie, really serious movies. And this is where the Joker will first be seen at these film festivals. It's crazy. I love it. Let's see what happens. Yes. <laughs> as far as how much money it will make in an October release, uh, they the early estimates have come out now. For comparison, Aquaman made $67 million opening weekend domestic. Shazam made $53 million opening weekend. It's going to be a little bit between, between those two. Maybe, maybe a little less. They're saying, uh, anywhere between 60 to $90 million. Oh, <laughs> it's opening weekend for a movie that's R rated and costs $55 million. It's pretty know. good. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to happen. If but... this thing even makes a well, little. Joker's the most popular villain of all time. Yes. Right. Well, but here's the interesting thing. If this thing even makes a little bit of money, it's going to turn up. It's rated R. It's going to turn a profit for them because of how low cost yes. it is. Now, if it makes a shitload of money, that's great. But this is this is a one off. This is not the start of a franchise. They haven't signed him for it. This is it. It's a one and does done. he die at the end of this? Movie? I, I don't know. Maybe does but Batman kill him. Maybe maybe <laughs> he's not the joke. He's the guy who inspires the actual Joker later. It is set in the 80s. It's a, you know, it's a period piece. Uh, but the more and more I hear about the Joker, I'm like, this thing is going to be really different. And uh, it's going to be very good. referred to as the clown. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Anything you think you could make that much money opening weekend? Do I, do I think I could make that much money? Could you make that much money hustling on street corner in Vegas? Yeah, in a weekend you probably could absolutely. Yeah, I probably say so. million? Uh, that's anything. a that's chump change. That's nothing. Well, I think yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's how I answer that. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's R rated, and I feel like that that's gonna put a little bit of a Deadpool was R rated. Yeah, made seven hundred million dollars ultimately. Yeah. So. yeah, Deadpool two movies I over. R, a billion I, don't, I don't think the, the R rating means as much anymore. I think mm -hmm. it actually almost makes people more inclined mm -hmm. to be like. Oh, this is this will be good. Look, and we're in an age. We're going to talk about the boys. We're in an no, age I'm, of. A, I'm so stoked that they're doing this adult stuff. superhero. Good, we bring stuff. it on. This is what I think people kind of want—a little bit of balance—and uh, they're bringing it. Okay, last thing in this segment, uh, we're going to have a little bit of fun here, guys. David okay. Malofsky, uh editor at A Place to Hang Your Cape, who's in the Facebook group, shared a link of something fun. By the way, David. Who's been living in London for eight years? Finally, is uh, an official Brit. Oh, shit. congratulations, wow. nerd. David! For uh, how's that Brexit treating you? Enjoy the Brexit. I don't know. What do you, you say? Abandoned us. Yes, we lost one to England. He no guys. longer has dinner. He has tea. Now. And we lost one to the UK. That's David. <laughs> anyway, right. he posted this with the comment: "The best thing ever, Batman." It's a tweet from this writer, Keaton Patty. And uh, his his tweet says, I forced a bot to watch over 1,000 hours of Batman movies. 
and then asked it to write a Batman movie of its own. Here's the first page. Oh, shit. This is really funny. But first, how do you, is there a thousand hours of Batman movie out there? Do you just rewatch things? I don't know if that math checks out. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Not a thousand hours. I don't know if you made this up or if you actually had a bot write this, but it's a quick one page script. It's hilarious. I think we should do a live read right here, right now on the show. Wait, what? With, yes, with some music. Anthony, I'm going to direct this. Anthony, click that tweet. I want you to be the narrator. Okay. You read the, the scene changes. Rug boy? Yeah. You want to play Batman or you want to play Joker? I want to play Joker. Okay. How many pages is this? It's just two screens. Who's okay. Alfred? I will play Alfred and Batman. Okay. And here, let me set this up. Wait, where's the narrator part? Uh, so anything that's in uh, that's not has a name, like interior traditional Batcave, the direction oh. between the dialogue, you have to read that because even that is hilarious. All right. So <laughs> read that carefully. I'm gonna uh, let What's, me. Is it international traditional? No, Batcave? no, no. It's uh, interior. interior. Oh. That that's how you say. Oh. interior in the script writing. I should have paid attention when you first started talking. Speak, yes. It, it, generally, you should pay attention all the time, but I understand there's texting to, to be happening. Uh, let me give us a little background music for some mood here. Okay. So, Anthony, st- start up with, with the interior? interior traditional Batcave. Interior, tr- interior traditional Batcave. Batman stands next to his Batmobile and uses his Bat computer. He's sometimes Bruce Wayne, sometimes Batman, all times orphan. <laughs> this is now a safe city. I have punched a penguin into prison. Alfred, Batman's loyal battler, carries a tray of Gotham. Eat a dinner, Mattress Wayne. An explosion explodes. The Joker and Two Face enter the cave. Joker is a clown, but insane. Two Face is a man, but attorney. <laughs> No, it is Two-Face and One-Face. They hate me for being a bat. Batman throws Alfred at Two-Face. Two-Face flips Alfred like a coin. Alfred lands heads up, which means Two-Face goes home. (laughs) It is just you (laughs) and I, the Joker. Bat versus clown. Moral enemies. I am such a freak. Society is bad. You drink water. I drink anarchy. That's the best line. I drink bats just like a bat would. Batman looks around for his parents, but they are still dead. This makes him have anger. He fires a bat rocket. The Joker deflects it with his sixth sense of humor, a clownly power. I have never followed a rule. That is my rule. Do you follow? I don't. (laughs) Alfred, give birth to Robin. Alfred begins the process since it is his job. The Joker now has a present in his hand. He juggles it over to Batman. Happy bat day, birth man. Batman opens the present since he's a good guy. It contains a coupon for new parents, but is expired. This is a Joker joke. <laughs> and see. Joker nerd. Whoa. Oh, my God. There's, I did my best. There are some jewels in there. I best my did. He gets a coupon <laughs> for new parents, but it is expired. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> you drink water. I drink anarchy. Oh, yeah. fucking great. I don't know if a robot wrote that, but that's better than Justice League. Oh, shit. I'll tell you that it was much. fun. Yeah. That's uh, great. Somebody turned that into a, a movie. Good job, Anthony, with the reading. Yeah. No problem. Hope you enjoyed that. <laughs> Good job reading. Good, Good job reading. <laughs> Good job didn't reading. Know, didn't think I could do it. But. No, now uh. we know the jock can actually read. And with that, we're going to take a quick break, play some promos, and come back and talk about the boys. 
when we were, mo- we were reviewing the Good Boys, that movie that came out. Oh, the Good Boys, the Seth Rogen movie. I kind of want to see that. No, no, the oh. Boys on Amazon right after this, you motherfucker. Yeah, play some promos for the showmos. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Jen. I'm Brian, and I'm Heno. We're three friends that talk about mental health, wellness, and our lives. Through articles and tips, we share what has worked for us on our paths overcoming depression, anxiety, bipolar disorder, alcoholism, and addiction. Come join us on our journey. You can find us anywhere you listen to your podcast. Just search for The Crazy Life. Remember, wiggle your toes and just keep breathing. Hey, my name's Paul, and I'm not an animal expert. I'm Donna, and I'm not an animal expert either. And together we do a podcast about animals called Varmints. Every week we pick an animal, do a bunch of research on it, and bring you some interesting facts about that animal. But we don't stop there. We talk about that animal in movies, TV, and other pop culture. And we talk about whether or not that animal would make a tasty dish, and how intelligent we think it is on the scale of 1 to 10. It's exactly like one of those fancy PBS nature documentaries. Except with more poo jokes. New episodes go live every Thursday wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Or you can visit us at BlazingCaribouStudios.com. <laughs> Varmints! Varmints! <laughs> Listener, if you've been enjoying the show and you want to join our active paying premium community join our fan club over at jockinner.com slash patreon you instantly become one of our favorite listeners and you get access to an exclusive (laughs) rss feed the real rss podcast feed listener really because all the shows come out there early and there's tons of bonus content post shows uh shitty little stupid things we talk about in the pee break in between shows sometimes those are great whole episodes movie reviews jock talk uh instant reaction tons of stuff and like you heard last week if you pay us 10 bucks a month or more you can force us to watch any shitty movie you want and uh, like Mortal and Kombat, do. and they do. So after Power Rangers and Mortal Kombat Annihilation, Anthony, I think next week we should tackle the Willow. Oh, oh fuck, Willow from my youth, starring Val Kilmer and oh, uh, little. I can't uh, wait to watch What's it his name? What's Willow's real name? The little Willow? fucker. Uh, that guy's great. Damn it, I'm blanking on his name. Oh, it sounds very, very prestigious. His uh, name was Warwick, Warwick Davis. Warwick Davis was. He's still alive. Is he still alive? I think so. Let's look it up. Warwick Davis. He's still alive. Yes. And uh, he's he's uh, he's hilarious and has done a lot of work find me, for Star Find Wars. a place where I can watch it. And I'll All right. It. Directed by Ron Howard. Anthony. That's right. Yeah. Produced Didn't by he George solo? Lucas. He, uh, he, he directed did do solo. solo. Which is, it's competent. Val Kilmer's it's in it. Comp- in his prime. Yes. In his sexiest. Oh man, we have to talk about how Val Kilmer is doing these days because it's kind of sad. Uh well, you can't be beautiful forever. No, no, you can't. Pre Batman Val Kilmer, anyway. Like he had way too much beauty for one man. He flew too close to the sun, like Icarus said his kid. Yeah, Jesus. Anyways, join our fan club, jockinner.com slash Patreon. Let us move on to our spoiler review of an amazing comic book TV show, The Boys. Amazon season one. Here's your spoiler alert. Strap yourselves in, you fucks. Spoiler time. 
This eight-episode Amazon show is based on the boys' comic Boy. book. The boys. <laughs> Do you think Flavor Flav just walks around with this book going, yeah, check it out, the boys. <laughs> <laughs> Big boy from Outcast is like, this is my favorite show. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so this book originally published in 2006 by Wildstorm, an imprint under DC Comics, went about six issues and got canceled because DC thought it was a little too anti-hero-y for their tastes at the time. Yeah. Gets picked up by Dynamite Entertainment and goes on to finish a run of 72 issues all the way through November 2012. So if you want to pick this up and read it, I recommend you do. It's only 72 issues long. The book originally created, co-created Garth Ennis and Derek Robertson. Uh, written by Garth Ennis, but Derek Robertson was, he co-wrote it, he created it, he designed uh, the costumes and the characters and he drew it. Uh, I listened to a great interview with him on Collider Heroes uh, talking about you know this coming to life. Apparently it was optioned for a movie in 2008 and just sat in development hell for years when finally showrunner Eric Kripke, who has worked on Supernatural, and Seth Rogen, Evan Goldberg, who gave us Preacher, pick it up. I love what Rogen and Goldberg are doing. They are finding really weird, edgy, obscure comic book prop IP properties to bring to the screen. Preacher, I think, has four seasons. Gave him a good start. I think The Boys is even better than preacher but it's doing it's the same kind of dark tone on imdb or sorry rotten tomatoes 82 percent season one 7.5 out of 10 already amazon is saying this is uh one of their most binge series in the first two weeks and right. during san diego comic-con before the show even premiered renewed for a second season oh shit. i mean anecdotally this show is Super I've heard about buzzy. this show. Well, yeah, this show's gotten the most buzz I've heard from casual people out of anything Amazon Prime's ever put out. Absolutely. Uh I mean they have we talked about like they got Marvelous Mrs. Maisel and the Jack Ryan show and uh Handmaid's Tale and Homecoming. Uh but this uh everybody's talking about the boys. No, I think Hulu's Handmaid's Tale. Who, uh oh that's right. You're right. Handmaid's Tale is Hulu. Sorry. Wrong again, Emma. Uh, yes. <laughs> not a first time, not a last time. Anthony, give us a quick uh, plot recap of this first season because it's really efficiently plotted. A lot of stuff happens, not a lot of filler, and it moves really well. I mean, quick, quick plot synopsis. It's basically about what if the Justice League was bad and run by a corporation that was marketing them and covering up all their fucking flaws and figuring out what they had to say. And the the whole premise is one of these bad superheroes, uh, A Train, who's like the Flash type character. Um, runs so fast that he runs through one of the lead characters, oh, a normal shit. guy working at like a Best Buy. His running th- runs through his girlfriend, and that and that starts a domino effect of this guy meeting all these boys who have it out for these superheroes. So that's the, that's the premise of the show. An amazing first episode, amazing open uh, hooks you in. Let's get uh, I don't know. Let's just start a discussion. I don't know where to go. I have. You know, we could talk about the seven. We could talk about the boys. I have so many favorite moments. Every episode had like an amazing moment. I really thought I this, this is the only show recently that I've watched twice in a row. Like I've, I've watched it, but it's so it's only eight episodes. It's so easy to just power through this and everything flows so well. So, Anthony, let's start with you. What do you think? Sure. I just finished. Oh, it perfect. A couple days ago. Uh, 
One of the first shows in a while that Imran's made me watch that I was hooked right from the beginning. See, once in a while, I'll get a good one. <laughs> first episode was really good. Uh, overall, I really like the show. Um, it has a good, you know, eight episodes is a good amount. They're all an hour, which kind of translates to 10 or 12 episodes, really. Like, because most, a lot of these TV shows are 45 minutes. 44 minutes, minutes. Yeah, yeah. Not, yeah, but now it's true an hour. Right. So that, that helped. Um, it's almost crazy that it came out in 2006 because it seems more relevant now than it did back then. Yeah, absolutely. Just with the amount of stuff that's out. Um, really good uh, take on the dark side of superheroes and what that would be like. Um, social commentaries uh, on there. There's dark humor. Um, a lot of things that are like, whoa, what the fuck? Um, the only kind of drawback for me is it's almost so fucking dark that like every episode it almost is trying to one up how dark it can get it gets pretty depraved so by the end of it you're like yeah i want to find out what happens but then also by the end of it you're like okay i need a break from this (laughs) this isn't this isn't something where i could just watch 50 of these in a row and then feel good about my life there's so many moments like almost one or two in every episode you're like oh fuck so yeah that's my opening thoughts good show very um, relevant to this time, and uh, they really they went they went for it in terms of how edgy it could get. Nice, rugs. What'd you think? I was skeptical of this show. Sure. I, wa- I watched it thinking I was going to hate it because I, I like Garth Ennis and I love Preacher. And then when they this same team that produced it made the Preacher show, which is fine, but it just pales in comparison to the comics in every single way. I couldn't finish. I started watching the first I two seasons. I lost interest. Me it. too. Yeah. So I was like, ah, oh, it's probably going to suck. And um, I generally usually read everything Garth Ennis does because he is ahead of the curve. I mean, I think that when he wrote this, he was thinking about, uh, you know, American politics and how, like, you know, the people that we have in charge of this country, they're really, like, not the greatest people, even though we they go on these campaigns and, they, and they're, like, put this fa- face forward of being, like, this great person in Hollywood the same way they – are all righteous and stuff in, in front of the cameras, but they secretly do crazy yep, shit. Yep, yep. Everybody knows about Harvey Weinstein now and all these other people. So it's like, it's timely now because all this stuff is now being exposed. But, you know, Garth Ennis always knew the shit was going on. Yep. We all kind of knew. Yeah. Like, the, I mean, the really cynical people always kind of knew you the shit was going on. would have seen it coming, on. yeah. And he's like a cynic. He did preacher about, you know, taking on religion. And now he, he was kind of taking on the Justice League, the idea of, of like who do we admire and we think these are the right people, but they're really not. Yeah. So it's not to me that the Justice League is evil. It's that the Justice League is just like the the people that we look up to in regular life, and they're just as shitty. They're real and flawed and they, like everybody else. Yeah, and they got like the Ray Donovans to cover up their shit, and uh, you know it's very relevant to what's going on. So you have that the fact that right now it's really relevant. So that that number one draws you in. Number two is it's. You know, they get to the point. Yep. They don't dick around like and fucking. There's no filler. No, they just fucking get right to the point. They get you off and running and they go to the nth degree in the first couple episodes. Like they have a guy jerking off in the first episode. Yep. He just drops so his I'm trowel. Like, okay. All right, all right. They've already gotten pretty far. So um, I mean, it starts with her it, exploding. Right. Yeah. Someone like someone explodes in the first episode. The guy's jerking off and there's implied rape. Yeah. yeah. Right, away, right off the first. There's right a the Me back. Too moment right in the first episode. So it's super dark right from the get go. Then they fucking, 
I mean, I'm giving away everything, but spoilers. They put a fucking dynamite in the guy's ass. Yeah, well, this killing translucent was amazing. There's so many. I mean, we'll get into some crazy moments. Yeah, well, yeah, we need to get into all those. But they, I mean, they went for it. Okay, that's the thing. Like, this would not have worked. Yeah. if it was soft. Yeah, yeah, it had yep, to yep. be like this to actually make the point of how realistically gritty it would be to have a, a, a hero that could just kill people at will. By accident. And, you know, this couldn't have come from Marvel or DC either, which is another thing it has going for it. It couldn't have come from them, but it it came from them. It did. It did it come from it, them. It's, the, the, these ideas are exist because of Marvel yep, and it's, DC. Yep, the, our, it's inspired by our obsession well, with superhero, current obsession right. with superheroes. DC has always employed Garth Ennis right. to do yeah, in yeah. Vertigo, Vertigo do what stuff. he wanted yeah. to do. Um, I don't know why they got scared of this and why they abandoned it. Maybe no one was buying it. Well, like, that's what I read was they thought it was too anti-hero, maybe a little dark for a while. I mean, it was story. taking on the Justice League because they were using their characters. It's kind of like characters. a... Yeah, yeah. It's, you see the, the, the real uh, influence... It was too close to home, maybe. ...from the Justice League. Uh, have you read the comic books, Ruggs? I think I read a few a long time ago. I don't know, it was 2006? Yeah, that's when it started. Yeah, I don't remember any of that. I never read any of the comics, and I know it's been years. It, it does a lot of the same things and diverges. I fucking... I love this movie. <laughs> uh, this is like a true adult superhero. I, I appreciate the fact that it's even more satirical than Watchmen and like more relatable because Watchmen took place in the 80s. This is like right now in the world we live in with the MCU... Uh, and it's and it's made now yes. to reflect the times to reflect now. now. So, so even when it was written, yes. you know, they've tweaked it. I think they've, the tweaks they made probably improved the book a yeah. little bit, I feel. One of my favorite things is the the amount of explicit warnings that come up before every episode. Oh, I was like, oh, shit, this show's got it all. It's got nudity. It's got uh, <laughs> mature themes. It's got language. It's got violence. I was like, this ticks off every this is everything I wanted. In, in an adult superhero show. They yeah. give you like the trigger warnings. Yep, so yep. you don't have to watch it. And if you don't like it, you've been warned. The world building is phenomenal in this right from the beginning. You really get the world they live in. I love the commentary on these heroes as gods, but they're also like celebrities, athletes, politician. Uh, I love the twists and I love, you know, the commentary on our obsession of superheroes. Well, I, it's a, I wanted it's a, more right away when it ended. I was going to say the, the world they build is by the, when you're getting into it, you're like, yeah, I like, I like this is a really, it's a fucked up world. Yeah. I don't want to live in this world, but yeah. I'm fucking intrigued. I'm looking through the peephole right now at this fucking world because this is crazy. I, yeah. Um, it does have a lot of social commentary. There's even one part where it was almost for me a little, not over the line, a little too preachy. I think I think you guys are know what I'm talking about, but the episode where the Believe the Expo, Believe and Expo, the speech Homelander gives the speech the speech yeah. that Starlight gives. Oh, that Star, is, yes, okay. it's almost as if the writers are telling the audience what they think. See, I thought the speech that yes, that's the writers, and I thought the speech the Homelander gave was a subtle like Donald Trump. Oh yeah, he's thing. there's a lot of Donald. You so know? you bring up Homelander for yeah. me. Let's start with Homelander. I'm gonna get he into is the all best these. character on the show. He is the villain of the show. He is the most frightening. If you took Superman and Captain America and smushed them right. together, and this guy was a sociopath and he was a god. Yeah, I'm and kind raised of like, in a lab. Raised in a lab, cold, no emotion, no feeling. This he is has what feelings. He's he just really fucked up. Yes, really depraved. He's a sociopath. He's a sociopath. I'm kind of like kind of disappointed and excited at the same time by this character because 
The guy who plays him is from Banshee. Yes, I was going to say and that. And he does amazing fight scenes. Anthony Starr, who's New Zealand. He's a New Zealander. And he's not going to do any of it in this No, in this he just role stands because, around. But you know what? Yeah. His acting is amazing. So, a great recommendation, Ruggs. This is what I've heard. I started watching Banshee on Cinemax. Apparently, he's really good. He's a badass on this show, Anthony Starr. Yeah, he fights everybody. Uh, he's but he's a good what an amazing, like, you buy Homelander uh, right away. I'm just going to say the scene in episode four where there's the hijacked plane. Oh, man, that was is almost disturbing. Fucking disturbing and terrifying, and it's so amazing, but it really gives you a good sense of Homelander, where, like, he, they had good intentions, but it's also always about the PR in the back of his head. Uh, he, he, he tries to save them, and uh, do you think he accidentally lasers the cockpit? Did he mean to do that? I heard, I saw two different takes on it. I saw one where he meant to do it. Yes. To, to twist the PR. Yes. I interpreted it as he did it accidentally, and he's like, well, fuck. So now he's like, I really don't give a shit about these people. Oh, my I'm God. He's like, Maeve, we got to go. We're done here. And the, the, the moment where she's trying to save, she's like, can we just take these two people? And he's like, so they can tell them all the people that we left to die. And then he's like, I will laser all of you. Back the fuck up, people. Well, I don't think he set out oh, to do that. Yeah. I just think that he doesn't give a shit at all, and then like he's kind of like forced to do these good deeds. Yeah, right. I because agree. The, for the PR or whatever, and so he's not really like giving a shit if he's hurting people. He's just kind of like going through the motions, and then whatever happens, he just covers it up. Well, the the story though, really, I mean, it's a, it's about a number of things, and yeah. what they do a really good job of is weaving in all these different parts, and then making it coalesce into yeah. something that makes sense, and not like why are we cutting back to this character? But Homelander, you know, a lot of these stories, the protagonist kind of grows and learns and changes by the end of it. And not Homelander. The no, no. Homelander does. Oh. Homelander starts out as this guy that is a, basically a puppet. Yeah. And he knows he's a puppet sure. and he's trying to figure out his way out of it. And yeah. by the end of the show, he's like, my strings are fucking off. I am no longer a puppet. I am, I am, I am the most powerful man on earth. I am going to decide my own fucking destiny. I mean, I doesn't he, he does it? Was this in the show? He killed. Doesn't he kill the president? No, was that in the show? Was that something no, else? No, geez, are you fucking spoiling? Maybe from I'm the making comics? things up, but I think <laughs> that you know he, he kills his mom. He his oh, mom slash lover. Uh, uh, well, so I think that's another big motivation: his obsession with Elizabeth Shue's character, Madeline Stillwell, and their who, who is the like embodiment of anything negative that you could think of with corporate America. Yes. She's the head of Vought international and she's a super slick corporate leader. Also this character, along with uh, the uh, Mallory, there were men in the comics, so they made him women, but his this weird motherly, like he just wants to please Madeline. Like in the first episode where he lasers the, the, the plane that that Senator was on with the deal. I thought she sent him to do that, no, he but it, it he was time. like, I thought this would help you. He's like, I did it for you. The, the part where it's real disturbing is not for me where for the first time I started thinking Homelander is like, oh, my gosh, I'm I'm intrigued. Not when he lasers the plane. Yeah. I was kind of expecting that. Yeah. But when M- M- Elizabeth, she was her name, Madeline, 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 yeah. Madeline Stillwell. She has the kid, and yeah. he's looking at he's the so kid like, you fucking the, piece of shit, know, kid. So You're taking her kid. attention. Yes. He wants to suckle at that teat, not right. the kid. Oh, that's yeah. disturbing. Yeah. That's so, real disturbing. He totally wanted her milk. He was like, I'm going to laser the kid. Yeah. He's like, I'm, and she's like trying to juggle a life. Now, who is that kid? Like, I think that's suspect too. Who's the father? They never really talked about that. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Is the, was that baby injected with the compound V? Would she have done that to her own kid? Maybe. Uh, let's move on to Queen Maeve. Maybe. Queen Maeve played by Dominique McElligott. 
She is your Wonder Woman analogy. Yes. Uh, but and she, I liked her too. Yeah, she, I don't like her name, but I made, like her. Yeah, yeah, her character is great because she's she is trying to stay true and be a hero and save people, and she's conflicted. She's Starlight before yes. she learned about she, the world. She got jaded. Yes, she's Starlight right. after you know. And she still jaded. carries a little bit of it. Yeah, of that like wanting to still do the right thing. But then she also is like doing her job, and then but she falls off the wagon. She's an alcoholic. She is in love with this lady who she can't admit she's in love with. Like there's so much layers. So and many they layers. They hinted at a relationship with Homelander before. Yep. I thought it was really interesting. Every time those two would save someone and the press would show up, like she would fade away into the background. It'd all be about Homelander. He's such a big fucking ego, egotistical dude. Uh, and, uh, and then we have, okay, let's talk about translucent that, uh, Ruggs <laughs> talked about this guy. This is played by Alex Hassel. This is your invisible man. The Translucent is not in the comics, a new character, a member of the seven made for the show, but the whole, the first three episodes deal with them uh, capturing Translucent and figuring out how to kill how him, to kill and him. It's, am- yeah. it's amazing. Because he's not only invisible, he's invincible. He has carbon skin, so I love when they shoot at him and it bounces around, and he's just like, you dumb motherfuckers, you can't kill me, and then he gets him by shoving a bomb up his asshole. Oh shit! And fucking Huey detonates it. That was amazing. So good. Uh, yeah, that was great. They they made this dude who was like kind of like a, I guess a not a killer. I'm not gonna say pacifist, but probably wouldn't kill a guy. But it, he ends up being the guy who blows him up. So they all it's have Huey. Yeah, yeah. So, so they it, now he's in the shit too with everybody yes, else. Yes, and uh, he makes that decision. Well, we must. So all of them kind of have like Queen Maeve. She's an alcoholic. That's her thing, right? They all have. They all, they all have little things. Trans- well, they all have multiple faults. They have multiple. Translucent. I love. He just hangs out in the bathroom and he's visible. a creep. He's a fucking creeper. He has no respect for anyone's <laughs> he's boundaries. Always or anything. in the bathroom, just watching people piss and shit. It's hilarious. Yep. And Maeve always knows that he's there. Uh, then we have Black Noir. The most mysterious and least heard from since he doesn't talk. Played by he's barely in it. Yeah, he has a couple of uh, uh, some some good moments. Nathan Mitchell, who's been on Supernatural, I Zombie. Uh, my favorite black noir moment is when he just starts playing the piano. The guy, <laughs> the guy's like, uh, I'm just gonna go. And he's got no lines. You never see his face, and he's basically the Batman Snake Eyes yeah. type character. Where when he does fight, you're like, oh shit. Yeah, he like, gets- he's just glides around and he's super agile and knows all the moves and and uh he drinks tea on his off time which i wanted to see how he drinks through that i love when homelander's like giving them all at the end where he's like you guys have all been slipping i need to talk to you and he's like except for you black noir you've been doing great keep up the good job (laughs) give some props uh then we have starlight Annie, played by really adorable Aaron Moriarty. Like, you kind of fall in yeah, love I, with I like I, I with definitely fell in love with Starlight. She was in Jessica Jones season one. You guys remember her? I remember that, yeah. She was the daughter of the thing. Uh, She's the daughter of the thing. Of the thing. I forgot. She, was she the, kills herself in, oh, the, she in does. that season. That's yeah. right. Uh, her story arc and her relationship to Huey and her going, her having the deep pull his dick out at her and kind of having her well, woman let's, empowerment let's set, let's set her up real quick because yeah, yeah. again i don't know if people seen the show she's basically the one that's been all her small town girl that's grown up all her life wanting to be a part of the seven the justice league evil seven yeah. it's called the seven yeah and she gets her opportunity and she's super wide-eyed and like i'm gonna save the world and literally the first episode the deep who we're talking about <laughs> who's the aquaman yeah. type was like Rapes her. Kills her dick. Well, like he doesn't you're, like you're rape her. He implies. I mean, she he goes. Rapes her. He, 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 well, he, he forces her to have sex yeah, with him. So it's rape. 
Wait, yeah. do they? Does he actually rape her? I thought she. Yes, she's throwing up oh, after that encounter. Okay, I missed that. Well, she agrees to do it, but it's under duress. Right. So she does give him a blowy. Right. And that's yeah. why she threw but, up. But she's immediately like, hold, like she's she's the other like point of view character besides Huey, where you're like, I can relate to her. If I was a superhero, I'd want to do the right thing. Yeah. And then you like get into corporate America, and you're like. Wow, they don't really give a fuck. No, about and there's the right multiple thing. instances when they change her costume. She's like, "Look, I don't want to wear that. That's not my brand." And and Madeline's like, "Sure, you can wear whatever you want. You're just not gonna be doing it in the seven. And she's like, "Ah, fuck." Right. Yeah, I mean, she's like, she gets in trouble for doing the right thing. Yes, for speaking her mind. But sometimes speaking or like her mind, saving the girl getting raped in the alley. But sometimes that goes well for PR, and it's right. a it's a boon. So. All that, and then the deep played by Chase Crawford. The deep is your Aquaman. He's your uh, joke character. He's your joke Aquaman character, and he clearly a little rapey, a little pervy. Uh, tries to save a dolphin. It goes flying through the window and gets run over by a truck. Hilarious. He was the. Um, I liked his character too, but he was definitely the one that was like played for a joke yeah. and weird animal fetish. Yes, because I mean, when he's talking to the dolphin, the doll, he's like, "Okay, yeah. okay, he's like, I'll, I'll touch, touch it. it. I'll touch it." But can we just get can we get free first? And the dolphin is super happy all of a sudden. Right, well, dolphins are notoriously horny. Yeah, they, they always got dolphin pe- penis. I mean, there is real like the do- dolphins are actually very smart animals, and they were like touching upon, um, you know, the the way we treat marine life that is that intelligent. I love when he gets the lobster. He's like, I'll take that one. And the guy just fucking shoves a knife in. Knife. Knife. He's like, wait, wait, no. And then he just I mean, there's a ton him. of disturbing yeah. deep stuff. The guy, the girl that gets, he gets banished yes. to Sandusky, oh, yes. Ohio. Yes. And the girl basically fingers his she gills. She fingers his gills. I'm like, what? But th- what? Well, he gets raped. Yes. Yeah, that's exactly. what was great is the other side of that. He gets a taste of his own medicine. She's like, fuck you. I'll do whatever I want. And she's shoving his fingers in his gills. It's so weird and disturbing yeah, he's a he was a weird character for uh sure. and then finally we have a train played he's by the catalyst for all usher us. we who meet in the beginning looking a lot like uh falcon anthony mackey with the goggles in the suit a little bit but he's your flash but he's also hooked on the drug compound v so he's the drug which so compound v for those is the drug that makes them all superheroes they get pumped with it as babies but they sell it to the public they, they sell were, yeah. the PR to the public that these people were born. Another amazing reveal when everyone find when you find out you're like, oh, these fuckers were made. And then the fucking laser baby scene. Holy shit. Oh shit. How well, do- let's stick stay on A train okay. for a second. Yes. I think he's also another intriguing character because there's parts of him where you can be like, I can kind of relate to that. This guy is just was a little bit addicted to drugs, yeah. wants to stay on top, is in love, but like is yeah. bouncing that with like PR and like his his duty to the seven, but then you also go. He's also just he's an asshole too. Yes, like he, he is. <laughs> he he really doesn't care about the public. They're always like, you have to write his speeches. He can't just let him improv because I mean, he, he, he sucks around. He people. runs into Huey and d- over and over again doesn't recognize him. Right. You know, and uh, his also uh, it's uh, he's like the athlete and and performance enhancing drugs. Right, and you know dealing with that and then. 
The, and then his girlfriend, Popclaw, played by B- Brittany Allen, a, a C, kind of a C-lister, used to be in the seven or never quite made it in the never, seven. I don't think she never made it to the seven, but she was a movie star. She, oh, she was a movie star. Well, they all, and that's the thing is they all do TV. They all do movies. They all do uh, reality shows. They do talk show appearances. Just like imagine like Jason Momoa on Fallon, except he's really Aquaman. He's really Arthur Curry. And in secret, he's a perv. kind of what would happen, right? Yeah, it's what would happen. Uh, it's amazing. So Popclaw is kind of like a Wolverine kind of thing. Female Wolverine. Yeah. yeah. Her, a best part of her is when she kills her landlord by sitting on his face and having an orgasm and just squishing the brains. Well, yeah, because she's <laughs> out of hopped his up head. on compound V as well. She's hopped up on the compound V too. That was insane. And how they worked her in was awesome. And the- I mean, one of my favorite moments, in just back to yeah. A-Train yeah. in the show, yeah. is when A-Train confronts Huey and he's going to kill him in his house. Yes. And they sabotage him and fucking uh, Mimiko? What's her name? Kamiko. Kamiko yeah. fucking sh- breaks his fucking leg in half. She just drops down crack. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, holy shit. That's how yeah, you stuff But that was, that was a good bit of comeuppance from yeah. like, fuck yeah. The guy's an asshole because he kills, he kills his girlfriend because she ratted him out and he blames Huey when he's the one who pumped her up four syringes at once. That was fucked up. I didn't see that coming. Uh, that was a crazy moment. Here, the, well, we've gone over the seven. There's a we couple. Got, we got to go yeah. over the boys. Okay, let's go over the boys. And there's a couple of other powered people that were added that have some good cameos. The boys. Let's start with the unbelievable performance by Carl Urban as Billy Butcher. Yeah, he was great. See, I actually found him his character to be the least interesting. Really? Yeah. I I loved how manipulative I think he, was he was. Fine. Yeah, I would have preferred the show center. I don't. I didn't like that he was kind of the main guy. I would yeah. have preferred yeah. it to be on Huey. And the reason why is Carl Urban's character is the butcher. Yeah, he's the one that's gotten. He's has it in for Homelander. Um, he's been doing Homelander this for a while. Rapes, uh, rapes. I put in quotes. Yeah. We don't actually know. Yeah, rapes his wife, and she had disappeared. She disappears. But his character for me was so one note. Yeah. he was just the angry guy that didn't give a fuck. He does it well. Like, how do you? How do you? How do you get on board for this guy? He doesn't really clearly give a fuck about anyone but himself. Dude, I love when he crashes through the store and beats the shit out of uh, Translucent in like the second episode. Uh, but he needs to be that guy. Huey is our well, point the, of view in. He's the heavy. Yeah. You need one. You need one. Uh, but I thought he did a great job. And the fucking reveal at the, the real at the end. But the end was crazy where the doctor tells Homelander uh, that Rebecca, his wife, had a baby. She pregnated her. But then the baby clawed its way out and she died. And then they show you that. It's fucking horrific. But then he at the, the very last thing you see is uh, uh, Homelander brings Carl to a house and it's Becca and she's raising fucking Homelander's kid. Oh, she has her own no eight years for eight years, no contact. And poor Billy's been wondering for eight years. He has that video where she gets up and just walks away. What has happened? Uh, I just felt I was like, oh fuck, dude! Like that's a. F- <laughs> the well, I knew that I saw that coming a mile away. I knew there was something up, but yeah. Yeah, I didn't guess it'd be that. Twist after twist. Another thing this show does great. Let's talk about Huey Campbell, our main I like guy, Huey a lot. Who, a guy, uh, he's played by Jack Quaid, son of Meg Ryan, Dennis Quaid. He is a Quaid. Uh, a guy I could relate to because he's a guy who's too fucking, uh, too fucking pussy to ask for a raise at work. <laughs> what Robin's oh, like, you get what you need to get what you deserve. You know, and it, even his dad, his dad is like, Son, you're not made up for this. You His can't. dad is super content with being just the life, having the life that he's had. Yeah, yeah Simon Pegg. Si- and here's a great Easter egg about Simon Pegg. Derek Robertson initially modeled the character of Huey from the comic book off of Simon Pegg after he watched the show Spaced. 
Right. So he literally drew Simon Pegg as the character. And luckily enough, Simon Pegg was cool with it. And so for them to cast him as Huey's dad is uh, that's a great nod. But the the show for me like rests on the fact that Huey and Starlight's relationship yeah, yeah. is I mean they kind of just find each other, yeah. which when it doesn't really make any sense. Right. They, it just they just happen they to have, sit yeah. on the, the same that park was bench. Weird. Yes. But they're really, and like they happen to just go on dates and no one bothers them, even though Starlight's a super popular superhero. Yeah. So none of that makes sense. Yeah. But for me at least the show rests on the fact that their chemistry together yeah. works so well so that I, I go, you know what? A lot of this doesn't make sense how they're just hanging out in public or um, the way they meet. Yeah. But you know what? I just like their romance. You're, so I'm, you're I'm, rooting I'm for them and they, right. they do get to bang. Uh, I did love the moments where every time Huey starts to have actual feelings for Starlight, uh, Ghost Robin shows up <laughs> and reminds right. him. Right. She's like, hey, hey, hey. These fucking supers killed me. What are you doing? Clone the phone. Get on but with the plan. He's finally able to shake that by the end yeah, and then yep, start making yep. decisions that are in line with his beliefs yeah. instead of just revenge decisions. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do you think Huey's better off being? A dude who works at Best Buy that can't even ask his boss for a raise? Right. Or a guy that fucking does shit and is doing shit that he wants to do? I mean, he feels more yeah, alive obviously, you know? right? yeah, being, when he's, he's doing shit. This is shit. his Tyler Durden moment. Absolutely. It's, it's his... It's yeah. his Getting comfortable with who he is, yeah. in his own skin, and it, he, you know, and he's he kinda, doesn't necessarily need to be a badass, but he needs to be comfortable with any decision he makes. And I think he needs to show his dad that he's not as delicate and fucking as his dad thinks well, the, he is. The big moment is at the end when yeah. him and A Train have the confrontation, and A Train dies, yeah. has a heart attack, yeah. and then Huey, you know, badass Huey that was seeing his girlfriend would have been like, "Fuck this guy, he's right. dead." Right. But normal Huey, who is like comfortable with his own skin, is like. No, like I'm going to try to save him. Yeah, like I'm going to give him CPR. We need to get him help. Yeah, it's that. Yeah, he makes that's, the right that's decision. Who Huey, well, it's it's just who Huey is. Yeah. It's not necessarily right or wrong. It's what what Huey would do. And a, a def- yeah. he's not he's not a killer, right? Like Billy yeah. Butcher would have let him die. Any of the other right. guys would have let him die. He's just taking control of his life. Yeah, yeah. exactly. He's just taking control. He's, he's he's through just just taking bullshit. You like, exactly. you root for him throughout the season. I, I'm intrigued to see where what his character will be like in the next season. Where does Huey end up at the end? That's what that's the last thing Huey does, I think, yeah, right? He leaves. Yeah. yeah, he just leaves, right. He leaves and Starlight calls the cops. That's right. Or calls the paramedics. Yeah, she's and she tells him to get out of here. Uh and then we have Mother's Milk played by Laz Alonzo, <laughs> who this dude's been in Avatar, he was in Fast and Furious 6. I didn't really I don't think we got enough of Mother's no, Milk. No, I he uh you know you get his relationship. I love where he's like uh, suddenly on the phone with his girlfriend. He's like I love you too. All the time. I get All that. The time. And they laugh at him. But uh what was his role? He's kind of like the Well, or- he's the one that's locked up with the girlfriend and yeah, like he's yeah. trying to do the right thing. But the problem with Mother's Milk and to a little bit of a degree Frenchie and Frenchie. just the boys in general yeah. is the seven are so much more interesting than the boys. A little bit. That, I could see that. that yeah. The seven, at least for me, that yeah. the seven, whenever it cuts to the seven, I'm like, Ooh. yeah, I want to learn more. Yeah. Whereas when it cuts to some of the boys, I'm like, yeah. uh, let's get back to the seven. <laughs> the seven well, are because great. Because they're building this intrigue about, like, not first of all, how they're being uh, owned by this corporation. Right. And, you know, all of this stuff that, all the factors of, like, how they are a product, basically. And right. they have to, like, they, they lose their humanity, even though, and it's been done by design. Like, they were injected with stuff. There's this huge lie. There's all of this conspiracy going on, and we don't even know the half of it yet. So yeah. there's there's that 
building that anticipation and in mystery. It's super interesting so, to see how this corporation operates from the inside, the way it's set up. And oh, I mean, I, I love the PR lady yeah, and like the marketing team. Yes, yes. I'm fascinated by these B teams and these C teams. Yeah, those- these D- I want to see more of that. Like, like what's a D level team like? Oh yeah, what, like what's right, that in the, about? right in the beginning when they're like. We'll license so and so for you to Baltimore. I yeah, know Baltimore yeah, has a ton of crime. Yeah. We'll give them to you for three hundred mil. Yep, yep. You can have this guy. And, like they uh, license yeah. out the fucking heroes to different cities. That's even really cool. I mean, their their plan was like we have two hundred heroes. They want to put one in every city, and it's like a franchise on a on a huge level. Right. Uh, make it, and I love how he's like, we have a great the savior of Sandusky. You could stay here deep. Deep's like, I'm going back. Right. He's like, yeah, no, not so much. Cool uh, water park. Cool. Yeah. He's like, cool water park. <laughs> uh, and then Mother's Milk partner Frenchie. These two kind of they work better together. I thought uh, than individual Frenchie played by Tomer Capone, and he's like the tech guy, uh, and they can do a lot of things and make bullets. Well, and- he's the guy that he's the tech guy, and he's the guy that doesn't always follow the rules. He kind of like goes. On his own hunches, which ended up costing them, like uh, what was it? They, Mallory's yes, kids yes, get killed. They refer to an incident with Mallory and right. Lamplighter, who right. torches. They at least kids. gave him the female character. That was uh, a great to bounce yes. off. I liked him. Yeah, I liked him. The female played by Karen Fukuhara Katana from Suicide Squad. Geek boner. Their by the way, connection shout was great. Out, yeah. Well, before you get into her, her yeah. when you first see her, yeah. Um, the character, the people that are holding her are. Filipinos. Oh, shut up. And they're, they're speaking Fili- Tagalog. They are. They got, oh, the, they got the Filipinos in the show, Anthony. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Way to go. They need to put a- And then they get clawed the fuck off. <laughs> by the her. Fuck up by yes. her. And she's, uh, she is powered. We don't know the extent. We know she can't be killed. She's basically Wolverine. Yeah. Or like, uh, not Wolverine. What's the, the Japanese lady in, in that's Wolverine's oh, nemesis? Sh- uh, Shrike? Shriek? No. No, no, no. Oh, no, no. Uh, from the movie. Lady Deathstrike. Lady Deathstrike, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah she, she's super strong and fast and can't die. Got a healing, amazing healing power. Well, she is, so she is your first window into the fact that Vought is creating super villains. Yeah, and it was Homelander so that, who'd sent the shit over there. Right, because they, well, is he a Vought and, was it Homelander? Homelander was the one who, who sold the terrorist, the Nakib one. The, the, oh, right. He brought it over there, but, so this is to force the government to sign a contract and yeah, put him in the legal thing defense. Going on with yeah. this. So that's even intriguing. That is as well. very so, fascinating. Like if so, the 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 goal is is that what's going on is that they're trying to get this bill passed that superheroes are part of the military and they can be sent overseas. The, the, and uh, do the allegory to us would be privatizing the military. Yeah, right. Imagine, I mean, but that's the thing. Imagine Superman existed. If you were the United States government, wouldn't you want? Him on, or just on imagine, your side in the military. Imagine we're talking about them a lot. Imagine Disney yeah. owning all the nukes. I mean, yes, like, yes, we'll run the military yes. now. This, just give us the contract. Yep, we got all the weapons. I mean, Disney is like Vought, you know, right. outside of the uh, all the bad stuff. Well, some of the bad. Well, stuff. Man, oh, there's yeah, some bad there stuff. Some bad stuff. <laughs> but the Disney Vought, even though they're using the the Justice League, the Disney Vought parallel is is there and absolutely, it's, and it's huge. Uh, Frenchie, what else? Frenchie, the female. I want to give a shout out to some awesome cameos. Well, there was Ezekiel, who is not in the comics, who's who, who, who is the uh, of Mister Fantastic. Yet he's a priest who is super like evangelical. Wants to pray the gay away. Except he's, except he's gay as hell. Yeah, except he's in the nightclub. <laughs> uh, and the way they show oh, that, yeah. one, one guy's giving a blowjob, and then he stretches over to the other table, the two other dudes, and raps and starts making out with them. It's, it's so awesome. Oh, it's so shit. I mean, that, scene, that again, like a, that 
that's disturbing. And yeah. the fact that you have a train going, man, I ran so fast I swallowed it's like it. I, and they're la- they start laughing about it. They're like, I swallowed it's a like molar. like a bug on a windshield. Dude, the, the, if you watch that initial scene, you see like her jaw, her skull. Like oh, it's yeah. so graphic. And I'm like, holy fuck, look at this. You see all the parts. Uh, so much graphic, graphic violence. I mean, they literally every episode were trying to one up how dark they yeah. could get, and they, and they 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 managed to do it and keep you guessing and keep you twisting. And then there's also a dude named Mesmer, played oh. by one. <laughs> listen, this that guy is, is one of my favorite uh, child stars who's having a great comeback. Haley Joel Osment playing <laughs> Mesmer was great, but Haley Joel Osment was on Future Man on Hulu. Great in that. He was on Silicon Valley. Like, yep. he has managed to not be a joke as an adult coming from the kid who sees dead people in six cents. Well, this is, like, uh, a pretty big part for him. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, his, I mean, his death is extremely fucking violent. And, and out of nowhere, all right. of a sudden, Billy is just looking at him, and he's, and he's Mesmer has ratted him out at this point, and then he just slams his head into the fucking sink. I was oh, like, oh, shit. fuck. And they keep the camera shot on the face so that you can see his face slowly, like, yes, it's getting smushed. being mangled and smushed. And, re- yeah. and he's repeatedly hitting. So uh, that's up there. That was disturbing, that one scene where... That's Quentin Tarantino level. It was. Yeah, absolutely. It, it that's was, what it reminded me yes, of. Yes, it was a lot like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, actually, the end of the movie, that scene. I love when Homelander squishes that dude's head. Uh, and then when Homelander kills fucking Madeline at the end, that was also shocking. Well, I got to mention, one of my favorite things about Homelander, every time he shows up, I love when he's always like, you guys, you're the real heroes. Come on, give it up. You guys are the heroes. Like, so patronizing. It's so pitch perfect. He's just, like, programmed to just be a fake ass. Yes, it's, he does it so well, and it's so good. Y- you know what I thought of when I was watching this? I was like, what does this remind me of that I've seen recently? And it's not, this is obviously to the next level. Yeah. But I remember feeling like this, really enjoying this type of thing when I was watching the first Kick-Ass. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, could see I was like, that. this is the yep, same kind yep. of like I could see these two worlds living together. It's and Kick-Ass is the same kind of thing. Just regular people. I mean, it's regular people. It's kind of a commentary on superheroes it, and what their that ass means. Kicked and they're and dark. Super, like Kick-Ass one. I mean, the guy gets like brutally stabbed yes. in the stomach. Yes. Right, right in the off beginning. The you're like, yes. You're like this is a high school. Oh, my God. Yes, this is crazy. Die. It's too bad that Kick-Ass 2 went really off the rails. I don't but, even remember yeah. 2. I watched oh, it. Bad. I don't it remember bad, it. Yeah. Really bad. They went, they the went one. to the nth degree on shock But the value. comics weren't as good either. So it's like it's 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 par for the course. Well, I mean, I noted I read that the first scene where um the deep um kind of rapes Starlight in the oh, comics yes. they like run this. a train on her. They all he, fuck she her. calls for help. Yeah, they all uh get at her. So, so they, they definitely toned and, it down a they little toned bit. It down and yep. they made Starlight more of a a point of view character and a more important character rather than just like getting her ass fucking abused. Yeah. Yeah, she yeah. she's not as victim like, victimized. Garth Ennis doesn't fuck around. No. He gets really dark. That's the same He's thing Nick has. Yeah. As in the comics too, that's real fucking dark. Yeah. Yeah, that's a change from the comics. The other thing, like I said, Stillwell and uh, Mallory were dudes. What did Wait you guys you think find of- out about Black Noir? Oh, so uh, if I, well, don't don't get into that we, yet. If I so Joe Joe don't spoil that for me. Put put up a video. There's a, there's a bunch of videos of explaining all these characters now. You can look up, yeah. and the Black Noir one is if they do any of that, it's fucking crazy. What did so. you guys? So we we talked about the characters though, but we've hinted at it. What did you guys think about the the story, the plot? 
it's kind of like uh, the plot's pretty simple uh, in, in a lot of ways, but I mean, there is a lot of intrigue, as I always saying. Like, there's so it, it's a through line. It's 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 Huey wants to get revenge, and he got some guys that want to do it too, right? And it's very simple. Like that's a very simple revenge plot, and then but as you learn about the characters, all these other things are at right, play. So right. so you have something easy that you can latch onto. Which His anyone motivation. can latch on to. Yeah. That, yeah. That's a, the oldest story in the book, almost. And then you got Starlight, who's also a, like a parallel yep. story that she wants to do good, and she finds this corrupt society. And you got these two things playing with each other, and then you have all this other stuff unfolding. So there's, there's levels. And, I um, agree. And I think that that's it's interesting. It's not it's like, you know, like Jessica Jones will take one plot point and then drag it out for six episodes when yep. they're, they're taking one plot point and getting to it. Mm-hmm. They're uh, they're always doing something. Like the first episode, they capture a guy and blow him up. Right, right. translucent like is dead by the end of the you know, second if this episode. Was Jessica Jones, yeah. it would be like six episodes yeah. in that she'd finally no, do something. I found it super efficient. No filler, very tight, weaves in right. things well, moves well. What I really liked is I agree with Rugs that they had a very simple plot, but as you went down the story, there were more layers to what this world it gets had. And you're like, whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa. And also, each episode had its own little like through line of what was gonna like what was gonna be accomplished by the end. Like the first yeah. episode is like, okay, like you're introducing Huey and this girl getting killed, and like these super superheroes are kind of fucked up. And then the second episode is like they got to figure out a way to kill Translucent, yeah. and then so on and so forth. Like every episode has its own little mini plot that that has to be accomplished by the end. And it, it, it's set up perfectly. It's perfectly structured to the point where I I wanted more. I mean, Absolutely. it's it's a great eight episodes, but like I could have I could have spent another eight hours. Now, one of the reasons that I'm not really super critical about this and that, that I was able to enjoy it was because I didn't read the comics yeah. all the way through. OK, so but Preacher, I read the comics yeah. and I was like disappointed in the show. Um, I think this is a better made show. This is a more digestible show. Yeah. Um. In a lot of ways, I said because the the plot line is very simple. There's not a lot of like uh, magic to explain and all the bullshit that they have in preacher. The problem with preacher is I never thought it quite captured the comic book the way no, this thing probably. Does. I don't even I don't really know if this captures. That's a the good comic point. Book. I've never read so, it. I, like as I said, I have to say that as a disclaimer yeah. because if it, if I would have read the comics, I might have a completely different uh, stand stand on this. So I don't know. I don't know what the people who read the comics who read them think of the show. Do they think it's a sellout? Do they think that it's like a pale comparison? Do they think it's milk toast compared to what really happened in the comics? We've already discussed um, how they, I don't they, know. They, they, they've toned back a I, I bunch read the, of I haven't read the comics, but I read that they did tone it down. The comics are even... Even more, more violent, violent and depraved yeah. and fucked up. But that becomes almost too cartoony and two-dimensional. You know, I like... How Homelander is very nuanced and the whole all the characters are and it's a little it, more... It helps that all like a lot of the villains, the seven are nuanced because if they were all just this evil on top of evil on top of evil, for me that wouldn't be as interesting as the fact that you know Homelander's got been fucked up because of this, and uh, A Train actually does care about like this girl, and Queen Maeve is you know she was Starlight, like all these yeah, parts of the yeah. characters. I'm like, oh, or like. The deep at the end of the day just wants to be accepted, right? Like yeah, he just he's wants just, to be a part of the team. Wants to like be, he, yeah. He right off the bat, he's like, "I'm, I'm number two. And then right away, you <laughs> when Homelander talks to me, like, "Oh, he's clearly not number yeah, two. No, he's got his hand on his throat. Right. It's similar to how uh, Walking Dead took the governor 
And in the comics, the governor is just like a two-dimensional evil, over-the-top evil, like clearly. And they made him a little more nuanced and likable, and uh, I thought they did a good job with that. Uh, what? So let's uh, – what do you want to do? Should we rate it? What do we think? What do we think is going to happen well, next did we, season? Did we want to – what was the craziest, uh, most disturbing scene for you all? God, there are so many. <laughs> I mean, they're all disturbing in their own way. The, the one but. that was disturbing, most disturbing for me, was the baby jetting out of the girl, the lady's pregnant stomach. I was oh, like, yeah. oh my god, yeah, clawing yeah. out of her uh, stomach was pretty. Uh, Popclaw smushing that guy's brain is pretty fucked up. Like <laughs> that's I, real fucked up. That was fucked up. Yeah, that was really like it soured that I, moment. Dude, honestly, I think episode four, the hijacked airline, like that is the epitome. Like that to me was like the most. Yeah, fucked that up. really turned my stomach a little bit. Out of all the yeah. crazy shit that's happened, uh, I because yeah. Maeve is the one that sells that yeah. scene. Yep. Yeah. You were her conflict yeah. there. It was it was palpable. So, and what's interesting is I was like, why can't Homelander just grab the plane like Superman does, fly it, and gently well, he, land he it? He says he it'll like I'll, capsize I'll or something. He's like, I'll rip yeah. through it. He's like, what am I supposed to stand on air? I can't push off anything. But right. it's all excuses because he wants it to go down so he can fucking spin this whole thing. I don't think he wants it to go down. I just don't think he cares. Oh, he didn't care enough to like try. I think he knows how. I think he's smart enough to know how he can spin it. Right, and yeah. then once it goes down, he go he figured out a way to. To be even in better graces with Madeline. Another uh, Easter egg that that speech when he gives when the, the the cameras are there and the cops are there and he's like, "We hear you, and uh, America hears you." Uh, George Bush gives the same speech <laughs> at nine eleven on the grounds, so it's a, like a direct mm. commentary. A lot of thought went into a lot of these lines and what they did, and I really appreciate that. One one comment for me. So I was watching the show, Madeline Stillwell's character Elizabeth Shue. Yeah. And I'm going, man, I, I think she's, I still find her attractive, ah. even though she's like in her 50s. And, I, and I'm going, where did I see her before? Then I, I looked her up, and first first movie that pops up where I go, I had the biggest crush yeah, on her. Yeah, I know you're going to say. Karate Kid. Oh, like, oh my uh, you God. You were going to say Karate Kid. No, no, no. No, Karate Kid. Not Back to the Future. Not Back karate to the Future. Kid. No, for me, Adventures in Babysitting. Oh, oh! That, leaving Las Vegas, and then leaving Las Vegas. She is the most sexiest you're ever gonna see her in that movie. Yeah. It's amazing. Nick Cage is plays a drunk who is determined to drink himself to death. He meets her. She's a stripper and a dancer, and it's just a movie of their two kind of codependent relationships. It is so good. Leaving Las Vegas is an amazing movie. Hmm. Check it out. But Elizabeth Shue, yeah, yes. it's very dark. I've always had a crush on Elizabeth. Karate Shue. Kid was for me just because as a teenager seeing that movie. She was Danny Russo's oh, girlfriend, girl. right? She was the girl next door, yeah. Yeah, she's the... The, he, the hot girl that falls for him. He stole uh, fucking the dude's girlfriend, according right. according to... Uh, what's his name? No, I, I think that remember. now that she's back in... Because you hadn't seen her for a while. Yeah, yeah. She's going to do Cobra Kai. Oh, shit. Yes, she needs to be on the show. Coming back. Mm. Yeah, I can't wait to see the second season. Stole the, the Johnny's season, girlfriend. Yeah. That's all. Fucking Danny LaRusso is a little piece of shit. I'm uh, totally on team the other guy. His point of view makes more sense. This kid comes into town, takes a girlfriend, beats him up in front of his friends. What a dick Danny Russo is. <laughs> I don't buy that. I don't, I don't like it. I don't like it. But I do like I do like Johnny. Johnny's in, fucking in great. Uh, okay, so at the end of the season, we have the reveal of uh, Becca and the baby, and Homelander's gone full fucking evil. He's killed Madeline, the head of Vought. He probably wants to take over the country and the world. What do you guys think is going to happen? What do you want? Mm. What would you like to see? I, we may see. I'd like to see more of characters like Black Noir and some of the other 
powered people that we haven't we didn't get to see a lot. The seven now is down to five. Right. So Billy Butcher's plan is kind of working. Billy still wants to kill Homelander. I don't know if it happens. I mean, for me, the main intrigue is how the fuck are they going to kill Homelander? Exactly. I don't know. How I think they're going to take some Compound V and and supercharge him until he explodes. No, I'm, they're going to. Oh, they mm. may take some Compound V. It may come to that. Yes, that's that's a possibility. It depends. If I mean, how you, how are you going to go to war with Super? Also, does that kid have powers? Fucking Homelander's well, There's also Definitely. the fact that you have super terrorists. Yes, then you got to deal with uh, Nakib, and uh, maybe and and you got to get the female back to her country to find her brother or whatever. And there may be other super terrorists. The female. The female. I love that she's just called the female. Uh, but man, I can't wait. I'm. It's, it can go a lot of places. I don't know where it's going to go. Put out. I, a, I'm very intrigued. I can't. I wish it was out now. They put out a photo from the set. They're shooting it well, already. I'll tell you what they did right. Number one, eight episodes. Yes. That helps a yes. lot. Um, because they have to cut out all the fat. Yep. There's none of these episodes are just like, this was a complete waste of my time. Yep. What the fuck is this? Like, what? Well, I don't care about this character. Every, every minute of this is, is important, pretty much. Um, so that's a huge thing. And number two is that they, leave so much open in the air that can be talked about. There's all these different ways the show can go. And there's all these like kind of conspiracies and things that we can get into. So I think that there's a, there's a lot of different directions it can go. Um, it, Huey's story, yeah. Starlight, what's going to happen with that? There's a lot of things left open. Absolutely. I'm, I'm very intrigued. I almost, the fact that um, Homelander lets, Butcher see his family. Yeah, what's up with that? What, it almost is making me think: Is there a little bit of humanity in him? No, or, or mm. is he's rubbing it in his face? Or is he rubbing it in his face? Or is Butcher gonna like? Are do they ha- are they gonna share some sort of bond over this family? Like, what's going on he's there? Like, hey, well, I think he's he 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 brought him there to just fucking be like, yeah, you're fucking wasting your time, you dumbass. Well, I I could have I saw it like that, but I also could have interpreted. As, dude, we both were being lied to. Yeah, we're both yeah. in the same boat here. That's true. He was. We both got lied to by the government. You think that this superhuman god has any kind of inkling for respect for another human being? Probably not. I mean, he 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 was born in the fucking white padded cell. They and they believe <laughs> they're gods. And I love that line. Translucent is like. Oh, he doesn't believe. Uh, he believes he's better than everyone else. Yeah, he believes he's better. Now he knows. He knows. He he's always known that he was not really a god. A, a born with this. Oh, you think he, he knew? Did he's known. He knew from the beginning that, that he, he was, was right because of the he doctor. Was raised in the lab. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's I, why the blanket like gets to him. He's like, what? Don't fucking put that there. So I didn't understand the blanket. Why was he upset that the blanket was in the because set? Because it was his only thing that he had from childhood. That was his they, actual blanket. It was his actual blanket, and then he threw it on set. Everything to make else him, was like, fake. Feel like yeah. it was his home, and he got offended by. I mean, that. there's so many great moments where he goes to Madeline. He's like, you ever go to a house where everything's all fake, and you're supposed to talk about how you fucking love it? And you live there, and none of it is real. I was like, "Damn, man, they're making him go through some shit." I also love when Translucent is like, "You guys are just bags of meat." He's like, "How are you gonna? You can't kill us. We we are gods. You're just blood in a bag of flesh, which is how they see them." You know? Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, this is what I think might happen. All right, so they need a they need a super powered heavy to combat. Either they take the the V juice themselves, 
or Starlight joins the the cause. I think Starlight's going to turn and join the boys. Yes, well, she's already kind of yep. on the boys. Yep, yep. But I don't think that she's violent. She's she's not like she's she's still like this kind of like optimistic person. But like, is she going to have to get dark in order to fucking fuck with these guys? Uh, Huey's going to have to talk talk her into killing a motherfucker. Maybe well, they can turn Maeve too. She's on the. They can turn Maeve. Yeah. She's on the path. Yeah. Like she learned that her life was a lie. Yeah. So that would fuck you up. Um, they can turn Maeve. They have M- Mimiko. Kimiko, yes. Kimiko. They got Kimiko. She's got they powers. Got Kimiko. Yeah, she's got powers. They, Girl powers. And then they, they can they can even it up a little bit. They can take some compound V. And there's also the fact that you can play on the fact that Deep, yeah. is probably holding some resentment against. Oh Watt yeah, because he's been pushed aside. Right. You could turn him, and then he has. It'd be a great way for him to make up to Starlight. After she still fucking but, kills him. <laughs> you know what? That's not cynical enough. No, it's not. That's no, way it, too hopeful. Yes. There's a lot of dark yeah, shit to yeah. come. Everything like, cynical happens in this there's, show. It, there's not going to be a happy ending to this story. And I, it's going to yeah. be uh, it's going to be. be terrible. Yeah. Uh, before we rate it, I got one more one of my favorite moments. I love that there was a support group for survivors of a superhero. Oh, well, Remember another the, disturbing and the, thing. And the dude's story where he's fucking the ice girl and he goes, yeah, she turned into ice as she climaxed and well, my dick froze off. I was like, oh, yeah, oh, terrible. Shit. Is that dude the guy that works in marketing? I thought it was the same oh. dude. Oh, I don't know. That might be a tie. Yeah, it is. It is? is it? Yeah. Oh, dude, there's so much. I watched this twice, and there's still things that I missed in here. That's amazing. I can't believe you watched it twice. I did. I loved it. I just let it roll again. It was great. Oh, shit. I don't think I could watch it twice. I, could watch, I mean, it's I dark. moments. Yeah. It's, and, I, mean, I don't know about the whole thing. Well, I kind of had it on, and I would just pay attention when there was like the good moments that I wanted, but I just kind of, you know. But it is pretty fucking dark to have to watch twice. Uh, okay. Want to rate it? What would you give this? Out of a 10, season one, what do you got, Anthony? I would go eight out of 10, and that's it, because there's nothing to rank it against. That's true. It's one for one. Number one. What are we ranking? No, I have no ranking. I said ratings. Nobody pays oh. attention. Rugs, what would you give it? Um, I liked it. I think I'd give it like, uh, I don't know. Do I like it more than Anthony? I think Anthony liked it a lot. I think I liked it a lot. I think I'm, I'm, I'm with Anthony. I'm with eight. I'm giving it a nine. Yeah. And this. I love this movie. It gets both of those. It's crazy because like. I'm very trepidatious about it because, like, I don't, didn't read all the comics. Yeah. And so I'm wondering. Don't read them now? <laughs> yeah. I'm wondering, should I read them? Or I don't know. I'm like, am I going to be disappointed in this show if I read the comics? I mean, I like, know. The Walking Dead. I just enjoy it for what it is. The Walking Dead is a, is, is a similar thing for me. I, d- I may have. I don't know if I would enjoy the show more or less if I didn't read the comics. I don't know. You, interesting. You, well, I. I I'd almost say don't read the comics because yeah. I remember when Imran was watching Walking Dead and Spoils saying he read the it. cops. He re- yeah, spoiled it, but he would also all of Imran's point of reference. He would always compare it to the comics. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you end up doing. So that. It was always the first thing he yeah. thought of was yeah. how does it compare to the comics? How does it compare to the comics? You can't if you just watch it for its own sake. Yeah. I think that almost is a, a healthier but, viewing experience. Uh, but this is the thing. This is the quandary that I'm in, Anthony. Is that when something that gets pulled off like this, it's actually really good. Yeah. And you want to see I'm the like, source. Yeah. I want to see the source. Yeah. I want to know what the source is. And I'm like, 
you know, there's all these great ideas. This guy thought of it. I, I want to at least give him his True. due and read read his thing. That's, that's I, a good point. So, and it was similar yeah. with Umbrella Academy and uh, that other one, Deadly. Oh, I, I like this way more than Umbrella yeah, Academy but, um, for I what mean, it's worth. The point is, like, the source material. Deadly Class, Umbrella Academy, both are great indie comic books. And yeah. it made me want to go read those. I heard Deadly Class is really good, even, got can- even though it got canceled. There isn't a lot of Umbrella Academy. You can pick it up and read it. But this one, I kind of don't want to read the comics until I see all of the seasons they put out. You want to be able to enjoy yes. it on its own. I love then, learning about this without having any idea what see, the fuck was going to happen. It's very rare that, number one, that I seen something that I haven't read. Yeah. And liked it. Yeah. So I've seen shit that I haven't read, and the reason why I didn't read it is because I knew it was shit. <laughs> and then I watch it go, oh, it sucked. But when I watch something and it's, it's it's not only is it par but it's above par. Um, I I get very curious about the source. No, I'm curious I haven't heard to... Rugboy say he anything lo- negative about I the know. show. This is amazing <laughs> because I have nothing wow, to compare it to. That's how good <laughs> and that and that's where usually my criticism always lies in. Sure, is when something is a is a like a a joke compared to the actual source. We got no. Fuck that show. And we got no. That's a big fuck up right there. Uh, I mean, you know, there is, there's enough. Do I like the boys? The, I mean, I'm not, not the show. I'm talking about the actual boys in the show. Yeah. I'm not really crazy about them that much. Right. I agree. But I think that the, all the other things around it are interesting enough and it moves at a brisk, brisk enough pace yep, yep. where I don't feel weighed down by this unraveling story. I'm like, okay, we're getting there. We're going to get there. Like we're going to get to see what's going on. So it's a lot like stranger things to me, stranger things. I don't really like the characters in stranger things. I just like what's going on. Yeah. The X, the action. I like, I I can't stand some of the characters. uh, Would you say it's rug boy approved drugs? The, I'll approve it. Let me build on it. The boys in themselves, as I mentioned earlier as well, I'm not a hundred percent on, I'm not, clearly like loving seeing them on screen all the time but they did a good job by the end for me of teasing mallory and teasing the fact that they've tried this before and yeah, something yep. happened and the mallory's grandkids got burned in front of her i'm like there's some interesting backstory here that they haven't tapped like into i'm yet curious either. did they actually ever work for the government is she part of uh, like fbi cia was he I mean, was he actually in part of the government billy butcher at one point all of them but that remains to be seen. This next season could be a complete fuck up. Right there, this could be a fluke. Could. That could be a big fuck up right there. That's a big fuck up right there. <laughs> but, I mean, this could be a fluke. Yeah. It could be just True. like they got lucky. They could fuck up the second I mean, season. There, we look. You can look no further than the first season of Jessica Jones. The first seasons are usually the best of a lot of things. Also, if you think about it, in the big sometimes. I mean, but the thing is, sometimes the first season you have to. It's like the first movie, right? You have to introduce all the characters, and then once you've gotten grained with these characters you're like okay now we can fucking go i just like that this thing picks up and goes like when you watch the first season of luke cage first season of daredevil even it's kind of like this slow burn and i'm sick of the slow burn yeah true i'm sick of that that was i I was very pleasantly surprised that they told this concise story they got to something like they actually the the main fucking badass uh like corporate lady got killed at the end yeah, of this. Yeah, that was yeah. Fu- that like, was crazy. Like thing, so many things happened yeah. that progressed the story. Where I'm like, okay, I'm on. A, it's a ride, and I'm on a ride. It's not. I mean, not that every episode is like 
breakneck pace, but it it, it clips it, it, along very well. It is well. a ride; it moves well. And I, you know, I think Rogan and Goldberg learned stuff from Preacher. Yeah, Preacher was a dud because I got disinterested halfway through the first season. I was like, "There's not moving in." I mean, you and had, they're not handling these things as good as they did in the comics. You had ass face and he went to hell and there was a Hitler and you had, uh, but it was not the same thing. And I think they learned and I'm excited for them to find the next comic book IP that's undiscovered and, you know, see what they do with that. Because I think they'll get I mean, better. They have good taste in, yeah. in, in right, Garth Ennis. Come on. So. And you see a little bit of like a Rogan Goldberg, like stuff from Pineapple Express and their other movies, a little bit of that dark humor sensibility they bring to it. Uh, and Eric Kripke, uh, showrunner, did a great job. Ah, uh, fucking great. Was it Pineapple show. Express where the, the dude's brain splatters on the front of the window driving? Was that? No, that's Pulp that's Fiction. Pulp Fiction right? Or no, no, but it was, uh, it was Pineapple Express where the dude gets shot in the head, like gets executed, right? Uh, right in the beginning, and they see that. Yes, execution. they see it yeah. and they run, and that that's yeah, yeah, the that, catalyst. Well, that that was the thing. It's a that similar was the, thing. It's a similar thing. Yep, it's like, whoa, yep, yep, yeah. this movie. I thought this was. You thought going this was a fun way. stoner movie, right. and there's a fucking violent killing, and now they're on the run from killers, and you're exactly. like, what? And they're stoned the whole time trying to smoke. Similar thing you have here. It is a ride. Strap yourselves in. Hang on. Uh, it's so good. I mean, it's one of the be- one of the better comic book shows out. I was pleasantly surprised recently. So I hope that the next season's good. Yes, sophomoreitis always kills it. Yeah, but I think they have some more good source material waiting and more twists and turns. And let's see if they can keep it up. Let's finish the show with this. I have a quick announcement. Listener, if you are in the Chicagoland area and you need something to do this weekend. And by this weekend, I mean, August 22nd through 25th, 2019. Wizard World Chicago is back on. Uh, Geek Boner at Donald E. Stevens Convention Center in Rosemont, and we have got press credentials again. Oh shit! Thanks to uh, they're, Jerry Milani, they're the PR in. guy. Yeah, they're letting, they're letting us in for free again. If you see a guy, you, know with, you don't practice magic. <laughs> what? He doesn't practice magic. He's no, saying you're saying you don't practice. I don't practice. <laughs> if you see a guy with a weird went, beard, went down. Yeah. weird beard, it's Imran. Go say hi to him. Come hang out. I'll probably be there on the Saturday. Uh, celebrity, some of the celebrity guests that are coming out to this: Jeff Goldblum. You, you got your Shazam, Zachary Levi, uh, Melissa Joan Hart, Sabrina. Uh, we got Greg Gunberg. Uh, who else? Scott Grimes from the Orville. Who else? We got Carrie Elways. The big one is uh, Jeff Goldblum. Uh, Momoa was supposed to come. Steve Gutenberg <laughs> from oh. the Police Academy. Richard Greco. From 21 Jump Street. Oh, you could shit. meet George Wendt. Booker. Norm from Cheers. Uh, those are the big ones. Jeff Goldblum, Zachary What's Levi. What's the most embarrassing one? I think you got to scroll all the way to the bottom. Well, Henry Winkler is supposed to be there again. Dean Kane. Oh, so you got Dean Kane, Kevin Conroy, Lou Ferrigno, who goes to like all of these things. Right. Uh, Matt Ryan plays Constantine. Uh, you got some wrestlers. The last person on here, Katie Forbes from Professional Wrestling. I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is. You got, you know, you'll have your who? Katie Forbes. Katie Forbes. I don't know who that is right. either. But Jerry Conway, uh, writer who wrote Spider-Man for many years, will be there. Lots of artists. Uh, our our friend Gomez, Juan Gomez from Gomez Studios, who does this great jock and uh, nerd mashup sports with superheroes. Uh, he will be tabling there, and I'm gonna be walking around handing out stickers, trying to get people to listen. Maybe check out some panels. Yay! 
Maybe buy some shit I don't really need, but it's cool to buy because you're at a comic book convention. That's always what I got a Spider-Man bobblehead. Ah, I got a Spider-Man bobblehead. That's this weekend, August 22nd, 25th, Rosemont. Now, if you're not in the Chicagoland area, here's another thing to look out for on the internets. D23 also this weekend. Oh, shit. Uh, this this is, weekend? Yes. This is the big Disney Expo. There's going to be some announcement no, going this weekend, on. August, next weekend. Well, the, when we post this, it's on Sunday. Uh, yes, People yes. listen to it during the week. That's this weekend, August 23rd to 25th. Off. Time, it's time-shifted stuff, Anthony. I understand. But uh, look for announcements. Maybe Blake Braden will live uh, tweet that on our Facebook page. You can't tweet Ooh. on a Facebook page, by the way. I'm combining yeah, platforms. It's, it's not. How old am I? You're old. Yeah, I'm old. Can I? How do you put the tweet on my Facebook? <laughs> Can you help me? I don't know how to Instagram my Facebook page. But D23 expect announcements from more Marvel announcements. Me? Can you help me, Sonny? Uh, <laughs> di- and announcements of Disney Slate. It's good. I don't know. I'm expecting something big for the MCU from D23. Maybe the rest of maybe Phase 5. Maybe the rest of his plan. Who knows what happens? It's going to be great. Good stuff. Okay, Rugs, where can the people find you online? You can find me uh, complaining on how shitty Twitter is on Twitter. <laughs> on Twitter. Really rug well, that's the place to complain about Twitter, really, Yeah, is on Twitter. Listener, check out the show notes, jogginerd.com slash 289. Links to everything we talk about, how to get in touch with the show, how to subscribe, how to support. Uh, very important stuff. And as always, Tell a friend, spread the geekery, get someone to subscribe. Uh, we will love you forever. Thanks for listening to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the jock. He's the nerd. We'll peep you next time. They call me I- I wonder if- oh. Imran's Milk. Does that sound nice? Imran's Milk? I wonder if Transylvania's got a big hip hop following. Transylvania hip hop? Yeah. Transop? Is that like trance? I don't know. It's trance. Trance. Trance is the sign of music. Somebody fly there and find out.